the jury. The prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. And welcome to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in northwest Pennsylvania. Actually, we're coming to you from my office in the studio building at the Hagman and Hagman Report. Folks, we broadcast live each and every weeknight, Monday through Friday, that is, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network, our flagship network, the bird in the in the uh, stratosphere or in, in the low Earth orbit, geosynchronous Earth orbit. Folks, we're simulcast on Blog Talk Radio, and you can watch us live and by archive at your YouTube channel. Just go to HagmanandHagman.com. On the right-hand side, top right, you'll see a complete menu. There you can uh, catch us. Uh, links to each audio and video broadcasting venue can be found right there at our home base, HagmanandHagman.com. Now, folks, don't forget, we've got uh, three, count them, three different uh, websites. We've got HagmanandHagman.com. That's for show information. That's where you go and you can see the show. You can watch the show. You can get the show information. And then HagmanReport.com. Now, don't underestimate, folks, the importance of Hagman and uh, or HagmanReport.com because there you can find the articles, uh, both submitted and, uh, uh, submitted uh, by others and, and aggregated. But the articles that are hand selected, um, based on uh, uh, based on certain metrics that really are important that you really need to know. And there's a lot of time spent by by Rhonda. Um, I'm, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of time that's meant to go into the evaluation of each particular story as it relates to this broadcast and your life, more, more importantly. And then my little corner on the Internet, it's HomelandSecurityUS.com. I've had that for a long time. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be picking that back up. I am working and have completed a very large project. I will be announcing uh, later this week. Uh, I'm not prepared to announce it tonight, but a very large part project I've completed. I'll, I'll be announcing it later this week for your uh, for your information. I think it's pretty exciting. Uh, I'm Doug Hagman at the helm tonight. I'm flying solo. The reason I'm in my office tonight, I'm flying solo. Joe's got the night off tonight. He'll be back tomorrow night. Um, but um, I like to say together we are the Hagman and Hagman Report, what I like to call America's premier father-son investigative reporting team. Now tonight, as the program unfolds, our number one, uh, we're going to be hitting some pretty serious news headlines and, and what have you. Our two, the same thing, except a little bit more in-depth. In Hour 3, we've got Dave Hodges coming on for a specific reason, which we're going to address here shortly. And and it's uh, it's not, I mean, it's rather unusual that um, different sources almost concurrently at very inconvenient hours of the night come together and tap uh, both Dave Hodges and myself and others and say, hey, Pay attention. Pay attention to what's coming down the pike here, because th- this is going to affect all of us. This is going to affect you. This is going to affect 
Dave. It's going to affect uh, people like Steve Quayle and others. You need to know this. All right. So we're going to be getting into that. Uh, I'll be getting into that here shortly. Uh, I, I do want to mention that portions of tonight's broadcast brought to you by Health Masters. That's healthmasters.com. Folks, take advantage like I am doing. As a matter of fact, this morning my wife and I sat at the, the breakfast table and uh, before I left for the studio, and uh, we made out a list of the various nutritional supplements that we needed to, to buy, and we submitted an order. But here's the deal with healthmasters.com. In the coupon code area, you want 5% off your order? Just write or type in Doug. Five. That's D-O-U-G and the number 5, and you get 5% off. That's through the end of the month. Also, portions of the nice broadcast brought to you by AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com. Now, AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com, all things survival-related. Yes, long-term storable food. You've got survival supplies and products. And, folks, you know, <laughs> they're a veteran-owned, Christian-owned company. They have a fantastic Christian outreach. As a matter of fact, they, uh, to, to those who cannot afford Bibles, they have purchased King James Version Bibles, and uh, they are, in fact, uh, giving them out to those in need. Now, now I w- we'd ask that um, you, you contact them, but we'd ask that you really have a need, uh, the, the inaffordability for such, uh, you know, to, to ask for a free Bible. But they take care of the, the, the Bible, the shipping, it's uh, no strings. So what a, what a fantastic initiative. And I just want to thank each and every one of you joining us tonight. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. You could be doing a 100 million things or you could be doing a lot of things tonight aside from listening to this program. But uh, thanks for tuning in. We have a lot, again, a lot of information to cover. And I want to say hello to individuals, well, to, I'm sorry, to individuals, to listeners who've checked in already via our, our website. All you have to do is go to Hagman and Hagman.com and fill out the uh, uh, fill out the contact us form. There we have listeners checking in from uh, all across the United States. We've got uh, a couple of people checking in from London, Canada, or I'm sorry, London, uh, UK, Canada, Newfoundland, Central and South America. We've got... Uh, all, well, all across the uh, the globe. So thank you so much. And I just, again, I want to say thank you so much to to Rhonda um, for her work that she's she's just been doing so much work on on the on the Hagman Report website. JD for his graphic, his wonderful post production graphic work, and uh, Joe Joe Charles. We get so many emails say, "Hey, who who where's that music from?" Uh, during the breaks. Well, it's Joe Charles. The music of Joe Charles. It's on the HagmanHagman.com website. And, uh, if you want to contact him, I mean, obviously just, uh, uh, I believe there is a, a method of contacting him. It's, if you wanted to, no, 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 you can't get him to do your outgoing message. No, 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 no. And of course, I'm going to thank Eric the Tech. Eric the Tech, I was sitting over there in this cockpit of the, what looks to be like a 767, I'm not sure, a fighter jet or something to that effect, but, uh, he's got more screens open than, uh, more screens up and shining in his face than I've ever seen. So see, from my office vantage point, I can actually see the back side of Eric's head and what he's looking at. So I can actually see, like, wow, all these buttons and knobs. 
but he won't let me touch any of them. And I guess that's a good thing. All right. Really, coming out of the gate tonight, uh, folks, this weekend, this weekend was a, a pretty intense weekend, and I'll tell you why. Dave Hodges had contacted, uh, Dave Hodges contacted me Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening, late Sunday evening. And I had, uh, been in contact with a source, uh, mine from DC earlier on Sunday. Now, my, this is the conversation I had with my source, and I'm not gonna get into who this individual is, but, um, pretty knowledgeable about the intelligence world, about things of, of intelligence. He said, hey, Doug, uh, I'm going to tell you something. Remember that that Drudge, the uh, tw- uh, uh, tweet, I guess is, where, is that what they're called, tweets, uh, that Drudge had sent out not too long ago about uh, things changing. Uh, he had some information, inside information, about how things are going to be taking place and about what's coming in the near term. Well, my source said things, what he was referencing to, and that, that was, of course, the First Amendment rights of broadcasters. That's what he was referencing, and that's what is at issue today. I said, what do you mean? He said, basically, you disagree with the, uh, I'm gonna take this out here. He said, you disagree with the, uh, you disagree with the, uh, uh, government, or if you act as a dissident of, of the, uh, of the government. Or, or if you support, for example, the Bundys, and you can insert any name in there if you don't want to use the Bundys as an example, then the government has reclassified you. Now, you, you might say, wait a minute, this is, that's a done deal, right? Uh, the MIAC report and, and so on and so forth. That's already a done deal. No, 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 no. Through an upcoming executive action which will actually massage the information in the uh, uh, or the administrative actions of previous administ- executive orders and actions two different things homegrown violent or homegrown extremists are now being re reclassified do you, you catch that perhaps well let me tell you I'm going to kind of quote from Dave Hodges. Again, he's going to be with us uh, in hour number three. Dave Hodges, hour number three. And for those joining you late, I'm flying solo. Joe's got the night off tonight, but should be back tomorrow. Um, uh, prophetic words by George her, or George W. Bush. You're either with us or you're with the terrorists. Now, at the time, I thought, man, that's a great thing, right? That's exactly, that's exactly right. Right on the money. That's what I thought. Makes sense. Hmm. We're being gamed, and we are being conditioned, and I fell into this trap just like everyone else did. Uh, What he was saying, basically, is uh, it's unpatriotic to disagree with us. Now, you might ask, well, everyone might say that's a pretty far jump from being a terrorist to, to someone who just disagrees with the government. No. The ideological differences between the government and the people right now have never been greater. Have never been greater. Um, now, October 2015, Dave Hodges, com. Homegrown violent extremists can be motivated by any viewpoint on the full spectrum of hate, anti-government views, racism, bigotry, anarchy, and other despicable beliefs. That 
Those are the words of John Carlin, the assistant attorney general in charge of anti-domestic terrorism. Again, back, what, four or five months ago, October 2015. Now, Hodges, what he writes, as one can clearly observe, assistant AG John Carlin is clearly stating that if one disagrees with the government, they're considered under the Patriot Act to be a homegrown violent extremist. Now, reading that sentence, when I first read that sentence, I had thought, man, Dave's kind of taken a few liberties there. I talked to my source and had written some notes uh, from my my conversation with my source. And he said, look, um, what's happening here is now disagreement is being considered. But when I say disagreement, deciding with or even getting the word out um, about such things as the Mulhair uh, National Wildlife Refuge acting as a proponent or an embedded journalist. Just ask Pete Santilli, for example, or or, or stream, uh, live streaming uh, in the sense of uh, being a non-traditional journalist will, in fact, reclassify you to a greater threat to the country. And again, you might think, well, wait a second, this is all just, we've heard this before. Well, the NDAA does have a provision for relocation and, and for disappearing of a person, as, as Dave Hodges has written. And the federal government have been engaged in, in a sequential and incrementally implanted scheme to do away with the First Amendment. And I, I looked at this and in my conversation with, with the, uh, with my source, and I was I was trying to determine how best to or how best this could be implemented. Well, as we look at not just the NDAA but various treaties that include the TPP and other such treaties, they contain the language that conform to a global governance as opposed to a constitutional form of law. So if you, as an American citizen, are sitting in America, yes, there is the U.S. Constitution. However, it is being subjugated deliberately through the executive actions which elevate the TPP, other treaties, and other globalist initiatives above and more incisive than the Constitution. You think, well, how in the world is that even possible? Because that doesn't even sound right. We've got, we've got a, a House of, we, we've got a, a Congress, you know, that consists of the Senate and the House of Representatives, 535 people. We've got nine, now eight Supreme Court justices. We've got three branches of government. How can the, uh, how, how can, how is it possible that the, uh, uh, that the executive branch or, or merely the, or, or the intelligence uh, apparatus acting at the behest of the judici- the judiciary. How can they enforce unconstitutional measures that that create that make us enemies of the state? Once more, you have to look at this not not just not just by um, uh, not just by each and every 
executive action, executive order. Now you've got to look at the bigger picture, at the higher view, at the at the cruising altitude view, and in so doing, you'll see how all of this, all of these nefarious machinations, the wheels, the cogs, all are operating together. You see, the Gang of Eight, for example. What do I mean by the Gang of Eight? Folks, you've heard of the Gang of Eight. Eight lawmakers who, it's like a super Congress, um, created extra-constitutionally to actually, um, ostensibly to to, to smooth things out, you know, to to, uh, uh, step away from the bureaucracy. Well, the Gang of Eight actually... In, when you look at the Gang of Eight and you look at, at what they have been involved in in the past couple of years, you can see that everything that really has been a um, has been a scandal over the I'll even go over the past eight years now. Everything that's been a scandal or everything that has been an, an alleged crime has been known by the Gang of Eight. This is a bipartisan super Congress that's working in tandem with the executive branch. What I mean as well, when I say every scandal or every crime, I'm talking about the initial gun running initiatives like Fast and Furious and the offshoots, because there are many offshoots. I'm talking about Benghazi. Each, every one of the eight individuals of the Gang of Eight were were aware of what was going on in Benghazi. People want to to pinpoint it to Hillary or pinpoint it to, to Obama. Absolutely, they were at the tip of the spear. But so too were the Gang of Eight. So that's why when you have, for for example, a, a uh, an investigation of Benghazi, an investigation of Fast and Furious. That investigation really is toothless because they don't want to implicate their own because they've got blood on their hands as well. And most people haven't heard of the Gang of Eight or, or they don't know exactly what that is or what the uh, special pr- provisions are. But you can look it up. You can do your own research. But in addition to that, and and we must also understand that uh, despite the fact that the Congress, consisting of the House and Senate, what they have done over the last eight years, and, and has anyone asked why this has taken place, they have ceded their authority to the executive, much of their authority to the executive branch. And we're seeing it happen right now with the, uh, with the vacancy in the Supreme Court, with Scalia. You can bet that the Congress will will entertain any nominee by Obama for the vacancy created by the death of Justice Antonin Scalia. Guarantee you. Guarantee you. Oh, you know what? Speaking of that, uh, so glad to announce this. Uh, Chris Ann Hall, and, and many people have written in and saying, hey, when can you have Chris Ann Hall on? Well, Chris Ann Hall, a constitutional attorney, she is going to be joining us next, or I'm sorry, uh, Monday, March 7th. She's going to be joining us 
for really 30 minutes beginning at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. That's Monday, March 7th. Chris Ann Hall, uh, she'll be with us for about 30 minutes. She's extremely busy teaching the Constitution. But she was uh, part and parcel to uh, talking uh, or their, uh, uh, assisting in the stand-down of the people at the Mulher National Refuge. And, of course, she's very well known for her constitutional uh, uh, teachings. So that's Monday. Mark your calendars, Monday, March 7th. While I'm at it, and I might as well go ahead and take this diversion. While I'm at it, we've got a great, great schedule coming together. I'm going to go back to this week. So, uh, folks, you don't have to, uh, or so it makes a little bit more sense. Tomorrow, we've got a fantastic, uh, a guy that's, that I've met, uh, come to, come to know. You mean, many people might not know who this man is. Folks, have you ever heard of Tom Hoffling? H-O-E-F-L-I-N-G. Tom uh, Hoffling.com. If you haven't, well, he's the presidential candidate for the American Constitutional Party. He's going to be joining us for the first two hours. And I thought, you know, right before Stan Dale, and, and I had talked to him, and, and before I got him on, I thought, to have a constitutional or American Party candidate, to me, I thought, well, not now. That it's impossible. He, there's no way that he could win, or even no one's talking about it. It's got to be either a Democrat or Republican. And and the more I spoke to different people, including uh, uh, Greg Jackson and and others, I realized, wait a minute, it's 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 difficult, but not that difficult to get a third party. May some say in the independent party, but in this case, the constitutional party, it's not that difficult to actually um, uh, have a viable candidate for the office of the president. Now, I understand the arguments on all sides, but if you're a Christian out there and you want to vote and you don't vote because there's no Christian candidate, well, you have one. I've talked to so many people who said, look, I'm not going to vote at all because who am I going to vote for? Who am I going to vote for? I mean, certainly not Hillary. And certainly, there's no one who would stand up for our constitutional and Christian values. So I'm not going to vote for the lesser of two evils because they're still evil. However, Tom Hoffling represents the Christian candidate that that others don't uh, like no other plus he promised that I could be uh, his uh, secretary of defense in the event uh, he gets elected and I could press the buttons to no I'm kidding I'm kidding about that actually he said I'm not allowed but anyway but no so Tom Tom Hoffling will be joining us tomorrow for the first two hours followed by Stan Dale and then Thursday Paul McGuire all three hours and I just wanted to get that out of the way I had to, to let you know well, that sounds horrible but no I, I wanted to make sure that you're you mark your calendars for that. Now, Paul's got some great information, as always. But I've got some specific questions for Paul this coming Thursday. Now, next the week that follows, uh, which would be next week, of course. Folks, have you heard of Vincent Finelli? Oh, he's a he's a he's been I've known him for a number of years. He's a good friend of mine, um, very good friend of the program. Vince Finelli, USA Preparers. 
com. <laughs> you know, I was laughing my butt off today talking with him just about certain issues. And uh, uh, I promise you something. You want to know. You want to know how to throw a monkey wrench in the system. You want to know how to be a fly in the ointment, as to quote uh, Bruce Willis and Die Hard. You know, the fly in the ointment, the monkey in the wrench kind of thing. Vince Finelli, USA Preparers. He's got a he's got a radio show every day, and uh, I, I can promise you, it's going to be informative as well as entertaining. You want to know about preparations? <laughs> you want to know how to be a, a, a real fly in the ointment to the system, to the bureaucracy, without getting in trouble? Vince Finelli, good guy, and uh, some very valuable information. You're just, uh, it's just going to be great. Tony Soprano, I'll just say that. Well, you can ask him about it on, on uh Next uh, next Wednesday, that's on the second of March, and, and then uh, then Friday, March fourth, Greg Jackson and Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer will be on with us. And again, don't forget on March seventh, Chris Ann Hall, the constitutional attorney. Now we also I also have some uh, some other things uh, working on Peter Lavenda coming and some other interesting guests that uh, we have not had on before. So I'm really excited about this. But getting back to the situation with the um, well, the situation as as we have it with the uh, exec- executive actions and and how this government, how we have been gamed into captivity. The the title of of this episode is the taking of America one two three, which is actually a play off the taking of Pelham one two three. And of course, if if you know that uh, if you if you if you've watched that movie, the taking of Pelham one two three is armed armed. Uh, uh, terrorists actually take over a, a train in New York City, uh, hold it for ransom, the, the Pelham uh, line, and uh, I, we've actually rode on that line. But anyway, the um, uh, this is the taking of America, one, two, three, step by step, step one, step two, and step three. And as we always say, America is a captured operation. We've been captured from within, and in order to break that capture, we have to identify, and then of course go after those. Bonds. We have to destroy those bonds. So, uh, now, one thing we have to realize is that the independent media is is really now in the crosshairs. And and Dave Hodges will going to be is going to be speaking more on this here in the third hour. But anyone in the in the alternative media that has real information and has um, the credibility, and this is important. There are people in the ind- independent media who are who have been placed there by the Obama regime to take away from the credibility of the real journalists, of journalists, or of individuals attempting to get the truth out. We know that, but. Anyone in the independent media deemed credible and deemed influential in the airwaves will or can be considered guilty of providing material support to the enemy. The key here is the redefinition of what an enemy is. 
and that definition has been expanded by executive action, and specifically by executive action, and also um, concurrent with the with the legislative um, uh, or with the uh, uh, well, it's it's been re-expanded to include. Uh, domestic terrorists, and that the the definition of domestic terrorists include anyone with an influential, uh, supportive ideology that uh, or an influential, uh, pejorative influence. Now that's a double. Sorry about that. That's not uh, a pejorative influence against the status quo of the government. How's that? For example, any media member who would interview, and we saw this happen in Oregon, uh, someone who is promoting their cause against the government can be considered complicit in the conspiracy itself. So let's just say this. Um, well, we can use, we don't even have to use analogies. If, 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 let's go back to, the Oregon standoff. You had four holdouts or four individuals who were at that location in in, in tents at that location or outside of the the uh, the refuge after the initial FBI bust. Any person in the alternative media who would put a microphone in their face or give them airtime is actually giving according to the government aid comfort or aiding and abetting um, the the so-called terrorists so in other words what we've got is a lack of distinction between the actors Subjects, the individuals involved in the activity, and the people who are reporting on it and supporting it, rallying people around it. So that blurring of uh, uh, that specific blurring, folks, is extremely important to understand. And that's at, at that juncture and that redefinition. Of, of an accomplice or aiding and abetting. That's where this becomes problematic. That's where we can fall into that definition, expanded definition of a domestic terrorist. And it's not just, uh, high profile people. And, and I, and, and I was talking again with, with Dave Hodges. I mean, we had communicated at one o'clock this morning and, and I was talking with with my with my source in D.C. That doesn't that merely doesn't include or it's not limited to um, high profile situations. In fact, the lower profile, the better, especially after certain examples are made. And I think the examples are are have been made. Case in point, uh, Santilli in, in in Oregon, and there will be and there have been and will be there have been others and there will be more. Now, Dave Hodges does reference a uh, recent ACLU report, the federal government's material support and conspiracy statutes, and this is where it really gets into the technical nature of this. Uh, they allow the government to obtain convictions without having to show specific, specifically that anything that that, for example, I've done anything 
uh, material to support the, these now, now redefined terrorists. So in other words, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I, if I, if I go in there or if I'm there present, the proximity doesn't matter. Just the mere support places me or puts me in that position. This according to the ACLU. And this is not, this is not boo-boo nonsense. This is not conspiracy nonsense. This is, this is serious stuff. And, and, and Dave Hodges does go into saying this is precisely what the Bundys and their colleagues are being charged with. In other words, uh, uh, in America, you're guilty of pre-crime. Uh, you go back to, uh, to Philip Dick and pre-crime and this is what we're seeing. The, the pre-crime. So, if, if someone thinks you are going to do something, no act, no act of Congress is necessary according to the recent interpretations of American jurisprudence. Providing material support for terrorism as a crime, uh, prohibited by the U.S. Patriot Act, Article 18 of the U.S. Code, Sections, uh, and 2339B. Again, you may not have done anything wrong, but the government thinks you are going to, or perhaps you might be engaged in such activities in terms of your your uh, uh, being vocal and your vocal support. And, and even Dave writes in there, this is not a new development, but what he's going to be talking about tonight will be a rather new development. And CNN, it's interesting because if you... Uh, if you saw this, CNN, you writes, exposes a very dangerous agenda of all, of all places or all, of all entities. In Washington, CNN, domestic terror groups pose a greater threat to America than ISIS or Al Qaeda. This according to a Justice Department official on Wednesday. You can see with the ramping up of the warnings now that we are, that yeah, things are happening at a breakneck speed. And folks, what these, what this government wants, in particular, this government, this administration, it's not even an administration, it's a regime. And we need to go over the rules of the show again. Uh, for example, Obama, putative president at best, renegade more accurately in reference to a Secret Service code name. President Obama, really? Yeah. We haven't seen the, the legitimacy of a president since, uh, for a long time, and certainly not Obama. And by the way, while I'm at the rules of the show, uh, Google is not a verb, all right? And, but Corzine is. More, more coming on that. But anyway, getting back to the, to the more serious aspect of this. The, the, um, the Justice Department has created a new office, and, and you're not going to hear about this. Really, you're not going to hear much about this. This office, picture it like a fusion center would be, except this office is dedicated to investigate and prosecute what anybody or what is considered anti-government hate groups. Now, the hate group has, or hate speech and hate groups have been re- redefined as well, necessarily. And Writes editor's note, uh, Dave Hodges writes, it is legal to be anti-government in one's speech, and this attitude does not imply the subsequent use of violence. Okay, so in other words, what Dave Hodges is saying, make sure you understand that the distinction there, what they're saying is, is 
what, what the government is not saying is you need to be violent. What the government is saying is you don't need to be violent to be guilty of this. I take note of that. And this strategy, and, and Dave Hodges is right, this is by incrementalism. And we're seeing this by incrementalism. So uh, more on that, at, uh, of course, when uh, he joins us in the third hour. But you really pay attention to this. And this is what, this is what Drudge was referring to a, a while ago. All right. Um, now, the... Uh, uh, so I, I was just looking at a, a number of different, uh, getting a lot of messages here that, uh, uh, you know, there are uh, uh, so, so many things taking place out there in terms of uh, the hate speech and censorship. Folks, have you noticed on, about censorship? Have you noticed your Facebook postings, if you're on Facebook, have you noticed some of them being taken down or you being blocked? I have. We have. Um, have you seen on Twitter, for example, uh, messages being erased or, or, or not, uh, or, or not, uh, uh, allowed to, uh, to be retweeted. I guess that's the, I guess that's the proper terminology. Well, you're going to be seeing more and more of that. All right. Um, so another thing too, and I'm kind of I'm just kind of shotgunning a lot of things here. The economy. We've got news on the economy. In the second hour, we're going to be getting more into the economy and the importance of this. Our uh, resident Baltic Dry Index, Larry M from Santa Clarita, California, checks in today, noting that the Baltic Dry Index uh, inched up one more point today to close at three one six. Folks, I can tell you something. This is my belief. Three two two. That's the number, of course, the Skull and Bones number. That's the number to watch for. I do believe it's going to rest at that location or at that number at some point. And having said that, I believe that will give us, um, uh, at that point, something will happen. I don't know if it's going to be, if it's going to, it's going to be a kind of a signal of sorts, especially if it stays at 322 for any length of time. All right. So watch that. That's the Baltic Dry Index. And let me hit a couple of other economy notes because there there are some things taking place with the economy. From Silver Doctors, sub twenty dollars oil to collapse markets and push precious metal prices higher. Let's remove the precious metals part of this out of the equation here. If you're looking at sub twenty dollar uh, oil prices you're looking at a situation where the break-even point for the different countries. Now, every country has a break-even point when they're talking about the cost of or export of a a barrel of oil. $20 is well below the break-even point of a lot of countries, including and especially Russia. So what we're seeing is this sub-$20 or whatever it does, whatever it might be, um, at least under 35, I believe, is or 32 is the break-even point for Russia. We're looking at a shot across the economic bow, or shot directly into the bow of, of the Russian economic boat, and this is what this is all about. We're talking about uh, a war using where oil has been weaponized. So, I want to make sure that everyone understands that, and also as we see the war in Syria progress. 
and and this is my goodness, this is something that uh, really I think everyone needs to really get a good handle on. Let me. I want to pull this up here, folks. Um, uh, if you haven't been paying paying attention to this, the the, uh, the war in Syria, you can see where um, it's getting worse. I mean, it, it, the the threat of a world war, that is to say, a war that is going to go from a uh, state and a regional conflict to a larger conflict, will increase. You know what? I'm going to wait for the second hour to get into that. I don't know how many people have heard this, but there's going to be about 100,000 dangerous or criminal illegal immigrants to be released. Now, if you've checked, there was a recent, uh, in fact, I think the report came out today at the, on the Washington Examiner. There are nearly 60% of illegal immigrants or the illegal aliens that have been identified by ICE, the U.S. Uh, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, as criminal threats who are not deported, but they're there to be eventually and have many have been and the rest will be eventually released. This is the now the Washington Examiner writes that this is the latest example of the Obama administration's failed immigration policy. No, it's not it's not a failure of the policy. It's the intent of the policy. It's the intent of the renegade. It's the intent of this administration. If you look at the Immigration and Customs Enforcement numbers from 2015, ICE encountered about 153,000 illegal immigrants, each labeled a violent criminal threat, but charged only 64,000. Another 88,000 were not processed for deportation. The, the numbers are even worse for those who ICE asked local police and sheriffs to detain, but they never come to pick up. It'd be like saying, hey, hold them. Uh, it'd be like ICE contacting your local law enforcement agency and saying, hey, you got uh, so-and-so there at your jail. Hold on to them. We're going to pick them up. And then, you know, five, six, seven days later, well beyond the legal statute, no one comes to pick them up. They, what do you do? They've got to be released. That number is not included in that 88,000. All right. Several sheriffs in the United States, and this is important, uh, say that just a mere one third of those held are ever seized or ever, or, or are ever processed by ICE, even after they've been released, detained and then released. So this is a system not broken. This is a system that has been designed for failure. And it's been designed for failure. It's been designed to do, uh, to do just, just what it's doing right now. And that's to allow this illegal influx or this influx, massive influx of illegals into this country for the purposes of chaos. And don't forget, chaos is the Saul Alinsky tactic, is the socialist tactic, is the Marxist tactic, is the communist tactic that we're seeing play out today. So, um, it's finally coming out, and we've been holding off on this because, I, I, I folks, I'm not sure, and how many people have, have seen this. There have been, there have been extreme numbers of, uh, Reports, interesting reports 
about the character and integrity of, of presidential candidate Marco Rubio. Now, I'm not one to, I'm not one to uh, necessarily grab onto a, a sensational headline by itself. But Radar Online is reporting this, and and I checked on this. I mean, it's kind of with a heavy heart that I address this. Radar Online had uh, identified some homosexual ties, parties, well, in Marco Rubio's past. This is not me. This is Radar Online reporting this. And I'm not going to get too far into this. Only to say that the baggage of Marco Rubio appears to be significant. Now, I don't believe, this is my belief based on my research and investigation of the candidate, not of any of this sensational stuff, but just my research of Marco Rubio alone, I don't believe that according to Article 2 of the Constitution that he's constitutionally qualified to be President of the United States. That's just what I'm thinking. However, Radar Online has just published that... uh, but he has got some incredibly perverse, allegedly perverse uh, sexual baggage in his background. Radar viewed, Radar Online viewed, according to the report, shocking photos, one allegedly, allegedly showing him at a Manfest foam party where he splashed about in a skimpy bathing suit. Now, Folks, you can Photoshop anything. You could take anything out of context. I've seen it happen. It happens to us, not of this nature, but of anything. But, but you know, um, there was another picture that reportedly had him doing some gay dance. Well, I'm not even sure what that is. Um, but the reports are that people in the homosexual community have, have said, look, this is well known of his proclivities. The only reason at this point that this is important is from a Christian, Judeo-Christian point of view, and also from a character and integrity point of view. I hope you can understand that. So, rather than dwell on this, there there are a couple of issues with respect to, to Marco Rubio, folks. I don't know with authority whether they are correct, whether they're 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 made up or what, but know that they're out there. Just understand that they're out there, and you can research them for yourself and decide for yourself the weight or importance of them. But I did want to mention that because it, it's, you're going to be hearing more about this in, in the near term. Um, there are a number of other, other things here. I, I'm just going through my list. I mean, I've got so much. We are just absolutely inundated with headlines. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I just got an email from a, uh, a law enforcement officer who uh, who uh, who verified basically the uh, what I said about the illegal or the uh, illegal invasion and so on. So thank you for that. I'm not going to get any further about that, but but understand that that the Immigration and Customs Enforcement is actually following to the letter uh, the uh, the agenda mapped out by Obama. All right. It's not a failure of policy, it's an intent of policy. And and ladies and gentlemen, don't don't forget that one of the issues and a very important issue um that w- that exists before the Supreme Court right now 
is that of of immigration. So, which which brings me to to the point of uh, which brings me to the point of uh, Scalia's death. But but hold on just one moment here with with respect to illegal immigration. And I've said this before. Right now, there are about thirty five cases before the Supreme Court this term. And uh, of the 35 cases, about seven are extremely important. And one, of course, is the case of the United States versus Texas, which concerns the legality of the Obama regime, their immigration policies that, if allowed to take effect, will temporarily enable close to 5 million undocumented immigrants to remain in this country. It's also the case that presents the most opportunity for chaos in this open court if the court evenly decides on the outcome now what does that mean well if if they if they rule on a 4 to 4 if they have a 4 to 4 ruling uh traditionally in a lawful setting the lower court's ruling stands. In this case, it would block Obama's efforts to allow this mass alien, um, uh, illegal alien immigration. Now, according to various reports, in a highly unusual order, a federal district judge issued a nationwide halt to the policy and refused to stay that decision. In other words, a conservative panel of the conservative United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit upheld those decisions by the circuit judge. Thus, if the court splits the 4-4 to case in Texas, the Fifth Circuit Court order will stand. Now, here's where things get kind of complicated, and I don't want to lose too many people, or even myself, right? Um, it gets complicated if the Justice Department obtains, successfully obtains, an order from different uh, from different circuit uh, uh, courts upholding the program, or if an immigrant who hopes to benefit from the program obtains a similar order. So what they're saying is, look, this can go a number of different ways, and it could go badly, uh, especially with the four to four uh, split down the middle, which it appears to be. But it will go worse if, in fact, uh, we have a justice that is nominated and approved in this Congress that, that will take the court to an ideological left-of-center uh, bias. And I believe that to be the case. The information I have, folks, and I had said this on Paul Begley's show, well, I think it was Friday, and I believe I said this on Friday night. I'm going to restate this again. The information I've received is there will be not just this vacancy of Scalia due to Scalia's death, but I do believe that there will be, a, according to the information I have, yet another Supreme Court vacancy during Obama's term, remaining term. And when I say vacancy, I'm not necessarily saying, well, there's going to be, you know, somebody's going to die. No, no, that's not not the case. It's very possible that you're going to see a Supreme Court justice resign, and that would give Obama the ability to place or to, to uh, to nominate and have confirmed two left of center ideological candidates think about that. And I do have some other issues about, uh, other information about Scalia, some um, interesting information about uh, the Islamic threat inside America that's being used by, well, it's being used by the, uh, actually it's being used by the uh, uh, by the globalists. I've got some information about uh, 
the non-reported shootouts, the attacks in New York. There was. Did you hear about this, folks? A shootout where a devout Muslim ambushes fires at eight New York City police officers, two officers injured. And who exactly is Bernie Sanders? What does he stand for? And, well, what about the TSA and other initiatives? Where do they stand right now, especially in the final months of the Obama regime? This does segue nicely into what we're going to be talking about in the third hour. So, there we have it. And also some information geopolitically about the war in Saudi Arabia and the regional war and about how things will play out there. Notice I'm sticking my ear in there because I can't hear the prompts for the top of the hour um, if I didn't do that. And, of course, we've got some news with regard to the Vatican and um, well, just some other the sundry news and if you have any questions folks or anything you want to talk about in advance of dave hodges his appearance for the third hour just go ahead and send me a contact or send me an email studio at hagman and hagman.com and we can just take this time to, to chat that way and we can address whatever you might be on your mind in that fashion folks you're listening to the hagman, hagman report and we'll be right back Oh, wait a minute. My program clock is off. Eric just gave me the sign. Apparently, see, apparently I'm in a different time zone than, than, than Eric is. That's interesting. All right. Um, anyway, so yeah, we can just sing, sing along. Sing, sing along with me, folks. No, I apologize. My, uh, my program clock is off as opposed to the one in the studio. So, uh, now that was awkward. Now it's awkward, huh? It's awkward. That's what I said. Well, not that awkward. My wife just came to the studio to bring me coffee. Hi. Yeah. Would you like to come on air? No, that was uncalled for. Hey, don't do that. <laughs> no, she actually brought uh, the studio dog to the studio. Uh, and uh, folks, we're going to be in Dallas, too. We're going to be in Dallas in, what, three weeks? You can at least answer that. Three weeks from today? Or three, no, three weeks from this coming Thursday, right? We'll be in Dallas at Hear the Watchman Conference. Hope to meet everyone there. Three weeks. Three weeks. All right. Perfect. Folks, you're listening to this edition of the Hagman Hagman Report. Doug Hagman flying solo. He'll be right back. Stay with us. Hang in there. More on the other side. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Doug Hagman flying solo from the offices of the Hagman and Hagman Report, not the studio. I decided to to take it to the office. How do you like that? Uh, a little bit more informal back here at the at the office, and it gives you a chance to 
just to see me a little bit. Uh, Joe's taking the night off tonight. He'll be back, should be back tomorrow. Um, many, many issues breaking, of course, and not the least of which is the situation in Syria. All right, now, um, let me just, uh, I, I just had it up here, of course. Before we get back to the program, I want to mention that portions of nice broadcast brought to you by healthmasters.com. If you don't take healthmasters, if you don't, for example, uh, if you really want uh, some fantastic products. Health Masters is the place to go for your health. They've got various protocols all set up for you, some named after me, some named after Hodges. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or bad thing, but uh, uh, seriously, the Health Masters is running a just a fantastic special. Use the code Doug and the number 5 for 5% off at checkout for 5% off your entire order that's Doug5 as a coupon code at healthmasters.com and of course americansurvivalwholesale.com anything survival related well americansurvivalwholesale.com that's a fantastic uh, fantastic Christian owned veteran owned company and anything that you would ever want in terms of long term storable foods They've got, and we actually, uh, we've, we've done, we've put the products through a test, and we've eaten the products, and fed, I've fed my, my eldest daughter, or my youngest daughter, the, uh, uh, food, and she had no clue it was emergency food. It tastes like normal everyday food. And we snack on some of the fruits, dried fruits, and, and such here as well. All right, where do we stand in, in geopolitical, uh, where are we in this geopolitical morass in which we find ourselves here with respect to Syria? Folks, have you noticed that, uh, one of the biggest threats in, in the world right now stands in Syria? I mean, is Syria. And I have long said, and you're probably tired of hearing me say this, that World War III will begin in Syria. It's not, not Iran, not, not the Arab Spring, but Syria. Now, the Arab Spring was a lead up to what's taking place in Syria. It's, keep your eyes on Syria. It's all about Syria. All right. Syria, Turkey, they're reaching critical mass. All right. Now, what we have what we had throughout the Arab Spring. When we began, when the criminal elements of this cabal began the Arab Spring in, we'll say, the decade of 2010, it was planned years before. However, it was planned by uh, America, it was planned by the UK, by France, and by Israel, by elements of all of those governments and intelligence agencies. That's, that's where it was planned. That's where it got its start. And of course, everyone, almost everyone, if you listen to the mainstream media, oh, well, this was the result of the, the desire for a dem- democratic governments all across the uh, Middle East, from Egypt to Tunisia to no, no, no. This this was the deliberate toppling of various governments to rebalance the power structure. The golden jewel of this restructuring was, in fact, and still is, Syria. Reason being, and I'll just go through this very quickly again, Syria holds uh, tremendous military significance for Russia, the deep water port. Okay, for example, uh, their deep water port. 
we also have to understand that Syria um, has the ability to uh, uh, the, the land has the ability to uh, act as a conduit for oil pipelines and once more oil money this is what's behind and ultimately the balance of power um, Saudi Arabia has mobilized recently for war in Syria if you go back to Valentine's Day you can read the headlines and I'm just kind of giving a, a brief recap because it's a complex situation folks most people don't understand it I barely understand it and some people will argue I don't understand it and, 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 and maybe that's the case to some extent because there are so many moving parts to this but what it does do, ladies and gentlemen, is, is it does create this this threat, this geopolitical threat that um, uh, is spawned in in a lot in a lot of reasons for the uh, uh, has to do with the economy. For example, what happens when the global economy teeters on the brink of collapse? Well, you you start a war. We saw it back in the Great War, that being World War One, and of course World War Two, which is more localized with Germany, and then of course you had the the Korean police action, Vietnam, and then Gulf War One, Gulf War Two, and other little skirmishes in between. Was were, were, all of these had some level of uh, uh, the impetus for, for by the bankers. But the really important thing to watch here really began back a couple of a week ago. Now, a little more than a week ago, with uh, the mobilization of Syrian assets or uh, Saudi Arabian assets in Syria, uh, the greatest military mobilization in Saudi Arabian history. It's clear that both Turkey and the Saudi Arabian coalition pedaled to the metal. Now, at the same time that the Saudi coalition was mobilizing over 150,000 troops, remember we talked about this last week, which is really two uh, entire army groups, hundreds of tanks, hundreds of tanks, hundreds of trucks, hundreds of military vehicles, along with aircraft, amazing number of aircraft, uh, this exercise called Northern Thunder. It's amazing how quickly these exercises in this news seems to drop from the mainstream. Turkey shelled Kurdish positions inside of Syria, inside Syria, and continued to do so. This is pitting the West, that, that being the United States, Israel, UK, France, really NATO, but especially the U.S., the UK and Israel against Israel. Putin has turned the Russian Air Force loose in Syria, as we saw last week. Uh, Russian planes bombing uh, at will all across Syria. Any target they decide to bomb, and it's just a matter of time when between the bombs flying from both sides that a military, a U.S. military base is going to be hit, or a U.S. military position is going to be hit, or a Russian military position is going to is going to hit, uh, be hit. All right. Now, if you take a look, and I don't know how many people have done this, and you can search this out on your own. If you think that I'm overstating the importance of this, take a look at the before and after pictures of Syria, 
And remember the author, and I had quoted him several times, Gajendra Singh, S-I-N-G-H, had written uh, Putin's, uh, I think the article was called uh, Putin's uh, Geopolitical Chess Match in Syria. This will it gives you a good background and understanding of what is taking place. Now we have trouble in Yemen. The entire Middle East, all right, is is on fire. A good a good website, folks. You can uh, uh, you can bookmark this website. A good website for clear, very clear, and very concise um, information about the politics and the players of the of the Middle East is Doug McIntosh who we had on our program again his website is doomerdoug.wordpress uh, he offers some pretty good now he, he has a military background and he's got a small website but it's very very pointed in terms of the specifics behind what we're seeing today all right for example um, I'm just going to, to touch on this because this is an extremely important moment in time. Back on the 16th, just a number, what, less than a week ago, six days ago, Saudi Arabian F-16 warplanes, which were supplied by who? By America, uh, took part in bombing raids in Syria. Now, reportedly, it was against ISIS. This according to the Pentagon. Saudi Arabia participated in in airstrikes as part of a U.S.-led coalition against Islamic State militants, meaning ISIS terrorists. This according to the U.S. Department of Defense. Now, now, hold on a second, though. While it is unclear exactly where the Saudi F-16s dropped their bombs, we know they're officially now engaged in offensive air operations inside of Syria. Given the Russian air superiority over Syria, what's, what do you think is going to happen? And, and throw in the S-400 missile defense systems. Well, but here's the other part of this. Did you know, folks, and has the mainstream media reported that they also, Saudi Arabia has also uh, dropped some or conducted some air raids over Iraq? Uh, all right. So we the the Syrian war has extended from Syria into Iraq, all ostensibly to fight ISIS. And Saudi Arabia is in part in part of this. And of course, what we're looking at, and Pastor Paul Begley on Friday had indicated this, is the Turkish uh, Prime Minister wanting, of course, to recreate and reimplement the Ottoman Empire. And it's interesting because Macintosh does uh, talk about this, the New World Order, which is really a hodgepodge of competing groups, all seeking to control the world, is, uh, is inconsistent, if nothing else. Um, it has long used a playbook with three basic points, and think about this. It's a Hegelian dialectic, I suppose. You, you create the crisis you provoke the reaction and then of course you provide the solution and we saw hitler use this playbook in the uh with with the reichstag fire the one that allowed him to 
assume emergency powers and his invasion of Poland with all the dead Polish soldiers carefully moved inside Germany to create this public, this media narrative that was false to begin with. I say false or, or manufactured. Well, Turkey is doing the exact same thing right now with that car bombing of the bus. Do you recall us mentioning that last week? When you take a look back at, at, at this and, and analyze the importance of this, you know, everyone is looking for this moral high ground, the Casas Belly. Remember us, all of us talking about uh, Casas Belly, uh, the uh, uh can we go to war? Is it you know? Do we have the moral high ground? This was in this was relative to uh, Iraq specifically back in 2002. Well, if you look at what happened with the car bomb and and that that bus carrying the military uh, personnel, the loss of life there. What did that do? Well, it gave Turkey the Costas belly to seek the help of NATO to drag NATO into this under the auspices of fighting terrorism. It gave them a reason to keep the war going, to go ahead and continue shelling the Kurds in Syria. There is unrestricted artillery fire, and there continues to be on Kurdish positions inside of Syria. Now, there at the time, last week, of course, remember that theft of that nuclear material by ISIS, material that might have been used to create a dirty bomb. All of the pieces for the invasion of Syria were in place. Now, think about that. The New World Order, which is this disparate bunch of competing groups, and when I say that, I also reference, and I keep hitting the microphone if you hear that, I apologize. Um, when you have competing groups, it is kind of like a family fight. Uh, and I'm sure those people with huge families, if you ever get together over the holidays, and, you know, there's always kind of some friction for those holidays. Well, this is what we see with the New World Order groups. It's a fight to see who is on top. And, and, of course, there, the sexual connotations of that, uh, there is a reason for that, all right? Um, but I'm going to leave that alone for now because we're talking about Syria. Again, you've got to create the crisis and then provoke the reaction with, from the crisis and then, of course, uh, institute the solution. So you, that's exactly what happened last week. And to move things along a little bit here, to get closer to today, where we, we are seeing critical mass being reached, uh, if you take a look at the current situation, uh, the crisis continues to escalate despite this appearance of relative calm compared to where we were back less than a week ago. But if you take, if you take a look at the broader picture, you're seeing a gradual incremental crisis or an incremental uh, pattern of escalation. And you're seeing a lot of things take place, um, that, uh, that really is, they're being, it's being orchestrated. So now the Syrian, uh, 
the, the Kurds, the Syrian military and Iran using Hezbollah started a general offensive uh, against, well, to, to close the pocket containing the last link to Turkey. Inside this pocket were trapped remnants of the opposition to Syria's Assad under the cover of sustained air attacks by the Russian Air Force. And you got to understand this. The result has been made clear. Turkey understands that they're losing the war, and they're doing anything, folks. They And this is important to understand. Turkey needs, wants, their desire is to create, recreate the Ottoman Empire. Syria is a part of that objective. Syria is also a part of the Western objective, which is not exactly 100% consistent of that objective. Um, agenda, but the, Turkey is trying to drag NATO in. Uh, they're they're attempting to provoke a fight and drag NATO in, meaning the United States in under the defense pact that we have with NATO, and throwing Saudi Arabia into the mix, which also is Saudi Arabia, the kingdom there. Of course, you know, is nothing more than the result of a, a, a CIA um, installation. Anyway, so that's kind of where we're at there, and. Um, uh, you know, we, we we need to really watch this. The Syrian ceasefire that was announced, and if you're watching the mainstream headlines, and I guess I said all of that to say this, um, the Syrian ceasefire, which was announced today, um, and, and I and I do refer back to the writings and analysis of uh, uh, Doug McIntosh being good, very good, as in terms of the uh, the military analysis of what's taking place. Um, <coughs> the ceasefire announced by Russia and the U.S. is a prime example of looking like you are doing something with actu- without actually doing anything. In reality, when you look at this, this is a big smokescreen. Normally, ceasefires, and especially in this case, allow both sides to regroup, rearm, and to recalculate. Now, the... um, this ceasefire leaves out ISIS. It has nothing to do with ISIS. And, and the other disparate Islamic terrorist groups, the Syrians, for example, the Kurds and the Russians, they are not going to recover the now cut-off supply, the supply route to Aleppo. There, There's not in this, no, not in this fashion. It's also unlikely that the Kurds are going to give up any area whatsoever that they now control. So the ceasefire, by its very nature, nature is flawed. And the ceasefire makes a lot of assumptions which cannot, are absolutely ludicrous. For example, it is, it assumes that Turkey is going to, they're going to stop shelling the Kurds and the Syrian army who are advancing, that's not going to happen. That's that's akin to saying, well, we're not going to we'll just go ahead and, you know, we're seeing you advance on us and we're not going to do anything about it. Um, on the other hand, it will allow the Kurds, Syria, and Russia to claim victory, kind of save, not save face, but to, but to claim victory. 
and again we're talking about a moral high ground and, and more of an ideological aspect of things it's going to further isolate the prime minister of turkey uh, erdogan in turkey um, he, he's going to be faced with a choice between either accepting a kurdish state which don't forget back in 2003 four, five. Remember the discussion of splitting up, and how many people remember the splitting up Iraq into into the Sunni, Shia, and Kurdish regions? Well, ultimately, that's where we're headed here. That includes a swath of Syria. So, the bottom line with all of this is this merely is a smoke and mirrors with this ceasefire. So, when you hear this ceasefire on the mainstream media, don't believe. I mean, you cannot believe what what they're what they're talking about, or you cannot believe what what you're what they're saying. This is not a ceasefire. This is only going to escalate, and it's only going to drag the United States into it. And of course, m- much of the fuel that we're seeing right now, much many of the armaments that we're seeing right now at play in Syria and Iraq and throughout that area, folks are documented in the emails of the former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. If you see why we're not we're never going to see the emails and the uh, the reason that we're not going to see the emails and the reason that Hillary Clinton will never go to prison will never see the inside of prison because for her to be charged would open up the complicity, would, 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 um, illustrate the complicity, the bipartisan complicity that includes the highest members of Congress and that includes the Gang of Eight. Alright, so I just want you to know that because yes, Obama has blood on his hands. Hillary has blood on her hands stemming from Benghazi. This operation was to arm the anti-Assad terrorists, with the approval of the Gang of Eight, and that includes the Speaker back way back when, John Boehner, and such. So everyone has blood on their hands. So you're never going to see at all. You're never going to see Hillary or, or the full, uh, the full story about Hillary Rodham Clinton and about those emails. All right, folks. Um, now. Let me check, um, and I had given out our email address here, uh, that's studio at hagman and hagman.com, and anyone who wanted to write in and to, uh, to discuss anything or talk about, um, there we go, talk about, uh, ask any questions. I was going to take, go ahead and questions. Uh, Karen, uh, well, this is easy. Um, no, uh, Karen, uh, Karen wants to know what we're, if we're going to bring, uh, our studio dog to Dallas now, uh, and she's going to be visiting relatives here. Um, Deborah M writes, what can we do, what can I do to change the emphasis of the NDAA and alternative media? That's a great question. And here's, in talking with a couple of people today, and this applies to everything. I was talking to Vince Finelli, as I mentioned earlier, and for those joining us for the second hour, I should point out that we we have scheduled uh, Chris Ann Hall, constitutional attorney. We have scheduled for tomorrow Tom uh, Hoffling of the 
he's a presidential candidate for the Constitutional Party. And believe it or not, folks, you know, has a good chance of being on the ballot on all 50 states. In fact, is on the ballot right now on most of the states. Don't, don't count out a third party, um, run of, of this, of this type. Don't, don't, because I believe in their audience and it, it, it only take five, ten thousand of, of listeners to actually fill in, uh, off of his website, a support, uh, a, a, a pledge of support that is not, not monetary, but, but a signature, if you will, a, a digital signature to really give him some good um, traction and give that party some good traction. So it's very interesting. And to those Christians that are saying, well, how can, you know, what can I do? Or if I can't, I can't vote for Trump in good conscience. As a Christian, I can't vote for uh, uh, Hillary, of course. So who do you vote for? I'm just not going to vote. Well, we have an alternative and he'll be joining us tomorrow. So, but Deborah M., what, you know, what can, what can we do as a group or a person? And Dave Hodges and I are going to be talking about this because we do need not to just to dis, not just to tell you what the problem is, because you know what the problem is. But how do we fight this? And especially when the clamps come down on the alternative media, and they will against, against us. And those people who are also, uh, 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 also doing this on a, um, social networking, if you've got a large social networking following on Facebook or on Twitter or on YouTube, many people that, that I come in contact with on a daily basis have tens of thousands of people who follow them on, on Facebook or on the YouTube and make YouTube uh, specials. Folks, you're just as much a target as, as we are. What can you do about it? Well, we've got some... Uh, uh, Dave Hodges and I are going to explain what you can do about it. All right. Um, let me get back to some. Uh, I, I've got uh, I've got somebody here going through your emails. Thank you. If you want to send an email at studio at Hagman and Hagman dot com, or just go to Hagman Hagman dot com and go ahead and click on the uh, uh, click on the uh, contact us form, and you can send an email directly to the studio. Now. Um, the uh okay some some other news that extremely important uh we've got uh oh okay eric how you doing you want to say anything eric eric just walked into the eric just walked into the office uh all right there's so much again there's so much to get into folks and um i'm a little bit a little bit off my game right now as as i speak i'm i'm kind of going through so many headlines and they're coming through what's trending right now uh, will there be a false flag, for example, to justify a massive ground invasion of Syria? This has come up a couple of times. This has come up, as a matter of fact, this is one of the, one of the most asked questions. Now, Michael Snyder wrote about this in, uh, in his website, and I, and I cannot read what his website is. I'm sorry about that, but look, folks, all throughout history, we have seen that governments have staged attacks. Um, we have okay, so I'm I'm okay. So all right, so we've seen that. Uh, that's okay then, right there. Sorry about that. We're good, right? All right. We meaning this, right? Meaning I can do that. Okay. All right. 
Throughout history, governments have staged attacks. Sorry, we we had to take care of some business here, and I was just getting handed some papers. And, of course, my wife, Cameron Shy did not want to be a part of that. Um, we've seen a number of false flags. And, of course, the false flags are blamed on the enemies. Now, the kinds of attacks, like these false flags, they justify military action. Now, if you look at Wikipedia... For example, they define a false flag, the contemporary term false flag, they describe it as covert operations that are designed to deceive in such a way that the operations appear as though they are being carried out by entities, groups, or nations other than those who actually planned and executed them. Now, how many people, and I've talked about this before, but we've got new listeners, how many people know what happened back in March of 1968. Let me let me see a show of hands. Go ahead. Raise your, no one's raising their hand. Okay. Well, the Glomar Explorer, does that does that give you any hint? All right. March of 1968 there was a sub that went down. Okay. In uh it was a Russian submarine. Now I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be exact on this. Uh, let's see here. And this is so important in the course of history. The Glomar Explorer actually was a Howard Hughes spy ship that that uh, actually lifted up a uh, Soviet sub 129. In uh, that was lost at sea. You see, on March eighth, nineteen sixty-eight, there was uh, uh, a submarine. Here's the official story: March eighth, nineteen sixty-eight, the submarine USS Barb was on a mission secretly monitoring shipping activity near the Soviet Union, near one of their largest naval bases in the Pacific. Well, suddenly. Five Soviet submarines came racing out of the port at full speed. Subs were supposed to, of course, be stealth, and these were anything but. They were noisily pinging the ocean floor with active sonar and repeatedly diving and resurfacing and diving and surfacing. Well, it was clear that they were looking for something. And a dozen surface warships joined in the hunt. Radio communications between the ships was frantic, unencrypted, which was really another indication of the search. So what was going on on March 8th, 1968? Well, the Soviet sub K-129 reportedly went down. Well, it did go down in the Pacific. Not too far from Pearl Harbor. Alright. Now think about this. Here's what we're told. This was a nuclear sub, the K-129. It went down in the Pacific. It was loaded with it had a nuclear warhead. And there was a reported explosion of this sub. And you can read all about the official story of the K-129. 
And then you can read all about the official story of the Glomar Explorer, which was a Howard Hughes-slash-CIA recovery vessel. What was the real story? To me, folks, based on information I've received from my sources, this was the mother of all false flags. A false flag that went sideways. And folks, you've heard me talk about this before. But imagine this. Just imagine a city like Honolulu being laid to waste by a nuclear missile. Alright? Humor me for a moment. Then imagine China being blamed for this bombing, unprovoked bombing of Honolulu. You you follow me so far? That is the mother to me of all false flags, especially when you consider that it would be a Soviet K-129 submarine that actually would have fired that nuclear missile to have it blamed on China in order to create a war between uh, the United States and China. So there was this frantic effort to recover the K-129. Well, the United States commissioned Howard Hughes, the Hughes Tool Company, to design a 50,000-ton ship, 618 feet in length, twice as long as the K-29, to recover, to actually do the lifting of the K-129 sub. But 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 here's the issue, and, and you can look at this, and folks, you can research this under the term Project Azorian. What happened? Not not only with the K one twenty nine. What happened with the recovery depends on who or what you believe. You see, the, the you'll. The, the story, the real story, and I believe one that will be borne out in history, is that the K-129 Russian sub was in the process of firing a nuclear missile at Honolulu and ultimately would have blamed that attack on China, and then there would have been increased tensions. And don't forget the time period that we're talking, that during the tensions in height of tensions in Southeast Asia, the Vietnam War. Don't forget about that. But who would have that? Who would have benefited from that? And that's the question that you've got to ask yourself: Who benefits from this? Of course, in this case, Russia would have benefited from this. Mother of all, in my view, at least false flags. So let's bring this mother of all 
false flags into relevancy today. Remember, we spoke of last week the bomb attack that killed 28 people in Ankara. That might just very well have been an example of just such a false flag attack. Well, sans any nuclear warhead. It's entirely possible that the North Koreans or the Syrian Kurds could have been responsible for the bombing. However, it would seem at least as likely as the Turkish government may have set it up to blame the Kurds. I guess what I'm saying, and and citing the article by Michael Snyder, I'm saying, look, folks, the next explosion or the next biggest event that you see take place, especially in the Middle East, especially in Syria, don't believe for one moment the official narrative until you, you do your own research. Because the Turkish Prime Minister had blamed a serious, uh, Syrian Kurdish militia fighter working with the uh, Kurdish uh, militants inside Turkey for this suicide bombing, this homicide bombing. And then he vowed uh, retaliation in both Syria and Iraq to eventually widen the war. And, of course, I'm referencing a car laden with explosives detonated next to this uh, military bus as they waited, as the bus, actually more than one, as they waited in traffic lights near Turkey's Armed Forces headquarters, the parliament and government buildings in the administrative heart of the capital city there. Now, the attack according to the Turkish Prime Minister, was clear evidence that the Syrian Kurdish militia had been supported by the United States in the fight against the Islamic State, northern Syria, and of course, you're looking at the, the, the as, as uh, McIntosh had said, the provocation and of course the result, right? So, Prior to the attack, it would have been difficult, for example, for Turkey to to take to have the moral high ground, to or to justify sending in troops into northern Syria to fight the Kurds. They couldn't do it. Just like the Liberty, just like the um, the Gulf of Tonkin incident. I mean, how many of these do we have to see before we understand that we're being gamed? So, looking back at what Michael Snyder wrote, of course. Now we're seeing the president of Turkey saying that his nation has all the justification that it needs to do whatever it wants inside Syria. Isn't that just fabulous? To fight the threat that it faces, Turkey has the right to launch any kind of operation in Syria and wherever the terrorist organizations are located. Isn't that what we said as well, going back to Afghanistan, Iraq. Isn't that what Lindsey Graham had said? And to bring it even closer, still closer home to home, isn't that what the NDAA is about? And I do suggest, I submit, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. The Russians, the Iranians, Hezbollah, they're already inside Syria. They're helping the, the, the Assad regime to fight the Sunnis and, and this is where it gets really I mean if your head doesn't feel like it's going to explode then you're not really trying to understand this in my view 
but but you've got the Russians, the Iranians, and Hezbollah to fight the Sunni, um, to fight the Sunnis that are being backed by Saudi Arabia and Turkey. And who do you think is backing them? But the United States by proxy. So you've got Russia and the United States and the proxies in between. Some are fighting, you know, between themselves, and but, but ultimately at both ends, holding the bookends, shall we say, or Russia and the United States. Now, my question to you, to think a little bit larger than this article and others are promoting, just consider this. What would happen if if, if the United States military base was, was attacked in Syria? And blamed perhaps on... Iran or Hezbollah what would happen if we had a, 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 a vast loss of life there well could that be the spark that could begin World War 3 my, my point is that World War 3 has already begun it, it's all just yet for the bombs to be flying uh, if Turkey and Russia went to war and NATO stayed on the sidelines, folks. The NATO alliance would, people would look, leaders would look at the NATO alliance and say, what's that even about? The, it should be pointed out that the NATO treaty does not obligate the United States or any member country to support Turkey in a war that Turkey starts, or wouldn't, or anyone, for that matter. If the United States goes, it goes out and slaps the heck out of, I don't know, the, um, just for an example, uh, um, Iran. The other NATO countries don't have to jump in the fray and, and help the United States because we started it. But in a defensive posture, it obligates NATO. NATO countries to step in and fight using their military assets. So what I'm saying is this. Not only are we seeing the run-up to World War III in this case, in Syria, and we've been seeing it for years, but we're also seeing the perfect false flag, and I dare say, in my view, a repeat of the Soviet K-129 sub-event back in March of 1968, where there was, and, and, and you believe this, if you want, if you don't want to, then toss it aside. But the information that, that I believe took place, that was actually part of Johnson's, the reasoning behind Lyndon Johnson saying, look, I, I'm not running for re-election. In 68, I'm, I'm done. I mean, you know, the icing on the cake was knowing that, knowing that the, uh, uh, K129 sub, Russian sub, fired a missile. That missile blew up in the tube, taking down the submarine, but the intent was for, uh, to take out one of the cities in Hawaii, blame it on the Chinese, and exacerbate the war in Southeast Asia. That's what, that's kind of, and to cover, and as an additional, um, part of that, an extension of that, to cover up what, what really happened, the United States, yes, the United States had to build a specific ship 
to go and no, no, call the Glomar to go out and pick up the K-129. That's, that's kind of like the model of the mother of all false flags. But we're seeing this take place in Russia, with Russia, with Turkey, with the United States, with Israel. And watch it as well. And one more thing about, uh, about Israel. It's not mentioned a lot, but Israel, their government, it, and don't, please don't blame me. Don't, don't say, oh, you're anti-Semitic or you're anti-Jewish or whatever. No. Um, it'd be like saying, well, you're anti-American when, when you say that, that Clinton, for example, uh, you know, uh, uh, lied and should be in jail. No. There are components, there are elements of the, the, uh, uh, Israeli government that are involved in some pretty nasty espionage type activities. And, and in this case, they want to see Assad gone too. Just understand that. They've got an interest in seeing Assad gone. So the bottom line with this, and the reason I spend a lot of time on this, is one day I believe that even um, even against the uh, so-called ceasefire or the cessation of hostilities, at least right now, you're going to see an event take place over there that will cost the lives of many either Americans or our allies or a combination of both that will serve as the impetus as, as the moment to spark in this World War III but the the other part of this as well and looking at this from all perspectives and man I I was attempting to, to really get into the um, do a lot of research on this we have to also understand that the economic interest must be served in any kind of military action so if there is to be a military action that is planned as the perfect Hegelian dialectic, of course, well, then what we need to understand is that that won't happen until the economic interests are fully ready for that to take place. And how will that affect the United States? Well, it will affect the United States in a number of ways, it most significantly, it will be a blow to our petrodollar, our U.S. reserve currency, or currency as the as the global reserve currency. All right, but this goes back to oil prices. Oil prices, low oil prices. It's an assault, an attack, a war against the Russian economy. Low oil prices benefit the United States, but they hurt Russia. Why are we seeing, what has changed between 2009 or 8 when the oil, when the gas prices were at $4, almost $5 a gallon versus today? You may argue, and perhaps correctly, that, that there's additional drilling, but that's on federal lands, but the, while that by itself sounds correct, you also have to discuss the lift costs of oil, meaning the cost what it takes to get it out of the ground, while we may be getting more oil from the ground, it costs more, so it stands to reason that we shouldn't be seeing the oil prices that we're seeing. What we are seeing is a rigged game 
or a rigged commodity price like we see in, in, in the precious metals, but in this case as an instrument of asymmetrical warfare against Russia. I hope you understand that. I hope I made that clear. And if I didn't, my apologies. But that's that's extremely important. And I want to mention, too, um, I, I, I got an email from uh, Ted Brower. He had talked about this very subject and others about the the medical, medical martial law, but also the geopolitical aspects of things on Friday's show. Um, and Friday, as well on his program, he had Dave Hodges on as a guest. So there's two different shows, two different programs I would urge everyone to re-listen to. And that is the uh, Ted Brower and Austin Brower show on Global Star Radio Network from Friday, and also his appearance on the Hagman and Hagman Report Friday, as well as as this and these and other topics are really discussed. And it was a very important show, so please you know, bookmark that. But getting back to what's taking place in Syria, what we're seeing here is the run-up to a big event. And this more than likely will be a false flag event. And, uh, uh, who's going to be behind it? The globalists are going to be behind it, of course. And, uh, we are going to be essentially in a world, a world of hurt. And a lot of, you know what, folks? A lot of people are going to look at these events and say, oh my goodness, um, you know, we were just attacked or this just happened and they're going to be outraged. Think of the World Trade Center, but on, on a regional scale. Think of, just think of that, but on a regional scale in the in Syria and elsewhere. So that's uh, um, that's very interesting. <laughs> um, I don't know how many people have heard about this as well. I I had marked this for discussion. There was a, an assassination attempt on Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. That was averted. Have you heard about this, folks? There was a Hamas terrorist cell operating out of Jerusalem that had been planning a mass casualty attack with the added goal of assassinating Netanyahu. Now, if you, this was, this was reported in the Hebrew language news site Walla yesterday. Indictments were filed a month ago, but this is just coming out that, hey, this is, this was in the works and the details were only recently cleared for publication. Folks, the cell consisted of six members directly supported by operatives in Gaza and there were numerous cell leaders that were living and operating, working in Jerusalem. And why is this important? Why should we care? Because what we're we're seeing the product of of this open uh, non assimilation of of Islamic uh, terrorists basically in Israel itself, but we're seeing it here. So the reason this is important, they covered this up or they withheld the information about this Netanyahu. Attempted assassination combined with a mass casualty event. They withheld this information. But it's important to understand that 
uh, pending their investigation, by the way, and, and the for, and the additional arrest. But it's important to understand that it can happen here, and it is being planned here because we have already. When I say it's being planned here, um, more than likely is being planned here because of all of these terrorist cells in this country. One thing is one thing I want to mention quickly: the Muslims of the Americas, which I had written extensively about are becoming more active again. I've been getting some information that the black Muslims in this country are now responding to a recruitment drive, if you will, by the Muslims of the Americas, which their front group is the International Open Quranic Institute University, their headquarters being in Hancock, New York, and their heyday back in in the early 80s, uh, they had 35 or so compounds. Folks, that's not the case anymore. Their operations have changed. So when you see these maps of these compounds of the Muslims of America where there's paramilitary training taking place, that had changed after we, and I say we, I'll, I'll take credit for this, we had conducted surveillance and offered to the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security our surveillance product which showed paramilitary training at not just the headquarters of the Muslims of the Americas but some offshoots and of course other places had taken uh, taken that uh, that uh, information and published it in various books and that's fine uh, Dr. Paul Williams uh, actually wrote a book about that uh, about our investigation and and uh, Used or about the Muslims of the Americas, and used a, a good part of our investigation for uh, information about in his book. But the fact of the matter is, the FBI got that information and did nothing with it. So now these terrorist organizations, ladies and gentlemen, have broken up in terms of their they they they're not out there in, in encampments anymore. Now they're spread out all across mosques and training centers in urban areas. That's what happens. That's what happens when, when you, when obviously when, uh, can you tell I'm frustrated with that? That's what happens when nothing is done and evidence is given. Evidence that there is, in fact, a threat. Glo- or, uh, Islam is being managed by the globalists in this country, by the criminal cabal. Folks, going to be right back with our guest, Dave Hodges. Ooh, hang in there. It's going to be good. Next hour. This is the Global Star Radio Network. Welcome, folks, to this edition, this segment of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Doug Hagman flying solo. Very special guest this segment, Mr. Dave Hodges. Dave Hodges heads up the CommonSenseShow.com. That's the CommonSenseShow.com. And, folks, he has a, a show right here 
on the Global Star Radio Network. Folks, go to thecommonsenseshow.com, and, and there you can uh, uh, access his archives, access his radio show live, Global Star, as well as well as on Sunday nights, too. So I'm very proud to uh, to have him, to call him a colleague, a professional colleague and a friend as well. And uh, uh, he wrote in a very, very interesting article. In fact, we had uh, communicated this weekend about the very article, the very report that he filed. And if you go to thecommonsenseshow.com, it's headlined, Anyone Disagreeing with the Government? will go to prison, including the media for covering it. Folks, think about that for a second. Now, that's yours truly, and his truly, that being Dave Hodges, as well as others. Mr. Hodges, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Doug. I'm glad to be here. This is uh, pretty grim stuff, my friend, and it's uh, should be disturbing to every American, and Let me start out by saying that I first identified these precepts back in October of 2015, last year, and no one wanted to pay attention. And um, then with the um, um, filing of charges against Ammon Bundy and Cliven Bundy and colleagues, and I looked at what they were charging them with. They took the uh, statutes right out of the uh, Patriot Act, in particular Article 18, uh, Paragraph 233.9b, and they're playing fast and loose with the with the wording, and they're effectively saying that if you're anti-government, you indeed are a uh, terrorist. In fact, let me read to you what I wrote very briefly back in October, I'm quoting John Carlin, the Assistant Attorney General in charge of anti-domestic terrorism, quote, homegrown violent extremists can be motivated by any viewpoint on the full spectrum of hate. Anti-government views. And then they link it in with racism, bigotry, anarchy, and other despicable beliefs. So right there, the Assistant Attorney General, the number two person to Loretta Lynch Mob, uh, the Attorney General, as Steve Quayle likes to call her, John Carlin says, if you have anti-government views, you are a homegrown violent extremist. And then later on, they go on to define this even further, where uh, Reuters took more excerpts from the CNN interview of of, uh, John Carlin And Reuters, while describing Carlin's position, likens domestic right-wing extremism with anti-government views. And if you are there, then you are guilty, and I quote, of providing material support for domestic terrorism. There's no question what they are saying. And then an ACLU report came out and summarized the government's actions on these points. And they said, quote, the federal government's material support and conspiracy statutes allow the government to obtain convictions without having to show that any specific act has taken place or is being planned or even that a defendant intended 
to engage in terrorism. This is precisely what Ammon Bundy and his colleagues are being charged with. And so now in America, you are guilty of pre-crime because the government thinks you might do something. Doug, this is outrageous. You know, and if I can just add one thing, Dave, this did not happen overnight, but it changed relatively quickly. I just want to draw people's attention to uh, the March 2013 watch listing guidance. It was a 166-page document that was issued in 2013, back in March by the National Counterterrorism Center, and it spelled out the government's secret rules for putting individuals on its main terrorist database, as well as the no-fly list and the selectee list that triggers the advanced uh, screenings at airports and border crossings. Now, a lot of uh, print space and airtime was given to MIAC, but I, I didn't see much talked about except with you in your reporting of this March 2013 watch listing guidance document by the uh, NCC, National Counterterrorism Center. And uh, now we have this. Now, now we, we've got this redefining and, and honing the, the definitions. This is ridiculous. And it puts us in jeopardy. And that's what people need to understand. Well, let me give you a, a for instance. Doug Hagman, hypothetically, has been declared to be a terrorist. And I allow Doug Hagman to come on the Common Sense Show. And Doug Hagman is protesting the theft by the federal government of his property. And he is soliciting funds on my show to hire an attorney to fight against the government. Technically, Doug Hagman is guilty of violation of of Section 18 of the Patriot Act, and Dave Hodges is guilty of providing material support for the domestic terrorist, Doug Hagman. That's it in a nutshell. Right. This is complete evisceration of the First Amendment. So... Exactly. Now, so then what happens? For and, and I've got people emailing me and saying, well, what can they do to you? What can they do to Dave Hodges? What can they do to Doug Hagman? What happens? Um, how about Ammon Bundy being faced with uh, 96 years in prison? There you go. Yeah. Um, let me hear. I'm, I'm scrolling here. Let me give you another quote from John Carlin, Assistant Attorney General. Domestic terrorism overshadows Muslim extremism. And and I recall back when I wrote the article, I put a little caption at the top with a picture, a picture of George Bush in his idiotic pose, and I put his quote on there, you're either with us or you're with the terrorists. And I remember that sparked a big outcry among average Americans saying, wait a minute, does this mean you can't disagree with the government? Boy, was that a sign of things to come. Back in 01, following 9-11, we had to give up our liberties to protect us from Muslim extremists who wanted to kill all of us. And then I noticed in 2008 a real shift, and I called attention to it on my show, in which in 2008 they came out with a MIAC report in which they said, uh, we're now more concerned with domestic terrorism than we are with Muslim extremism, even though we were still prosecuting a war in two different countries at the time, supposedly to fight against Muslim extremism. And they went on to say, if you're a Ron Paul supporter, 
if you support the Constitution, if you refer to yourself as a constitutionalist, if you're pro-Second Amendment, if you're pro-First Amendment, any of these things, uh, a veteran, by the way, just the aspect and the status of being a veteran, put you on this MIAC report list. Mm -hmm. And I said right then, this was the real purpose of the Patriot Act. It wasn't really to go after Muslims. It was to come after Americans after an indoctrination period. And boy, is this ever coming into fruition now. You know, and, and you're right. And people, you know what, Dave, in preparation for our talk tonight, I was looking through some old um, archived reports from the Justice Department. And I don't know, you'll probably remember this. The Back in uh, 2014, April, the Justice Department considered arresting, not just charging, but arresting conservative activists. They came out with this, uh, uh, under Holder, the, uh, they came out with this, uh, uh, well, they. I should say this, let me back up. You, people recall the um, unrecovered emails that indicated the IRS was working with the Justice Department targeting conservative groups. That was the one side of the coin where they were they were withholding and holding up, for example, the the 501c3 designations and, and or the uh, tax status designations of these groups. Well, the other side of that. And people don't realize this. What is what Holder was doing was working with Lerner and others above Lerner to tar, to actually arrest conservative act, uh, activists based on the fruits of these emails. And then you had, after that, you you had uh, uh, the Holder announcing the task force on on homegrown terrorists, which you covered, and folks, his website, uh, Dave Hodges' website, thecommonsenseshow.com, dot com, where where Holder announced the creation of a task force within the Justice Department to combat an escalating danger, according to him, from homegrown terrorists within the United States. And this is crazy. Now we've got this change. And and I'm I'm just almost, it's almost breathtaking, Dave, the, the, this change, this redefining and this actual reworking of the, you know, uh, of the law. So we cannot even report on well, as it would apply today, let's just say we would, uh, based on what we're saying here, let's just say we would, uh, um, I don't know, uh, make public the Bundy situation and say, hey, we support Ammon Bundy and we urge everyone else to do it. We could be, in theory and perhaps in practicality, arrested, right? I mean, that's it. Yeah, it totally eliminates all whistleblowing. And allow me to give you an example of what I'm talking about. Um, back in April of last year, I covered a story uh, in which Hillary Clinton was implicated by the New York Times. Hello, New York Times, mainstream media, uh, for procuring uranium from BLM land, putting it into a front company called Uranium One, which was a Canadian company but actually was owned by the Russian government, and selling uranium to the Russians. Now, first of all, that's an act of treason. We executed someone named Ethel Rosenberg and her husband, Julius, for doing the same thing, um, basically giving atomic secrets to the Soviets. Hillary's actually providing war material to be used against us. Right. Now, in her role of Secretary of State, she started down this road. Now, technically, under this Patriot Act and how they're now interpreting it, I'm guilty of being anti-government because the time that Hillary Clinton was doing this, she was the Secretary of State, so therefore a government official, 
which cast me in the light of being anti-government. So the very fact that I revealed it, and technically the New York Times revealed it, uh, we could be arrested under the NDAA, declared to be a domestic terrorist, therefore, i.e., an enemy combatant, and we could be disappeared with no due process. That's how serious this could get. Who's paying attention to this? Is anyone paying? I mean, aside Nobody. from you, that's what I thought. I mean, I don't see anything being reported on the conservative websites um, across the board. There's nothing. So, so, yeah. How? And I got an email earlier in anticipation of your appearance. Dave, is there any way that you and I and others, especially others, can 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 fight this? Can, can not without say, being anti-government. Ergo, you go to prison. Let me read to you what Ammon Bundy, or excuse me, Cliven Bundy, is charged with from two years ago. <clears throat> and we're going to relate this to us. Right. Cliven Bundy is accused of conspiracy to commit an offense against the U.S. government. Okay, uh, what was that offense? They don't even mention what it is. This is in the arrest warrant. Um, and then they go on to say he's guilty of planning an assault on a federal official with a deadly weapon. Who would that federal official be? What was the plan? Uh, they don't have any of this. Simply because the man had a gun, they're saying he's going to kill a federal official. They didn't say he pointed the gun at anybody or threatened to use the gun against anybody. They simply said he was planning to do it. <clears throat> There's nothing. There's no evidence to support these allegations. Uh, then it goes on to say, use and carry of a firearm in relation to a crime of violence. Where was the violent crime committed by the Bundys? I'm talking two years ago on their ranch. On, on the ranch, Where, right. Where's the crime? Where's well, the violent crime they claim happened? It doesn't exist, Doug. You're exactly. There was none, right? <laughs> I mean, no, there was none. But, but, but this goes back to the pre-crime be, I mean, that's, that's the best way to describe it, a pre-crime uh, a, a charge. Wow. There's more. No. They also charged him with interference with commerce by extortion. Wait a minute. He was on his land defending his cattle, and they were trying to give away his land to a Chinese solar energy company that was really a front group for the Chinese military. And I covered that ad nauseum back in 2014 with BLM documentation and statements from Harry Reid. Uh, so the commerce that was being interfered with was the U.S. government going on Cliven Bundy's land. So they take the offense that they committed and they flip it and say, you did this. It's just, this is, I, I just look at this and I go, how crazy can we be? And yet, there's more, as they say in the infomercials. <laughs> they also accuse him of obstruction of the administration of justice. So we don't let someone steal our land and give it away to the Chinese and throw us off our land like they did of 51 of Cliven's neighbors. Then we're guilty of being a domestic terrorist. And then, of course, they threw in aiding and abetting, but they don't even specify who he's aiding and who he's abetting. He was aiding his family in defense of his way of life. Uh, this is what he's charged with. 
And this all carries, from what I understand, 96 years. And not just for Bundy. I mean, this is 96 years in in terms of the charges, not not just the charges against Bundy, but charges would carry basically a life imprisonment. Well, there's a... I want to give credit where credit's due. All right. There's a mainstream reporter for Fox News who gets it right. Not only has she got an engaging personality, and and she's very attractive, and she's extremely well-spoken and highly intelligent. She's got a lot of courage, and I'm talking about Kate Daly, and she is a lead host on an afternoon show in St. George, Utah, on Fox Radio, and I forget the call numbers right now, but if you just Google her, Kate Daly. Kate had me on her show several times to talk about Jade Helm. And I thought, wow, Fox News having Dave Hodges on talking about Jade Helm. Boy, we have made some progress. But she is covering the BLM issue. And I want everyone here just to take a few minutes here, just a couple minutes, and listen to what I'm going to tell you. The issue here that's led to the the ranchers going to Burns, Oregon, and two years ago, Cliven Bundy and friends standing up to a tyrannical federal government happens in the following. These forces of the BLM working for criminals like Hillary Clinton and Uranium One come on BLM land. They fence off major parts of the property, thus preventing normal commerce, taking money out of the pocket. Now, the federal government, under their statutes in the First Amendment or Fifth Amendment, case law says that if you cause uh, someone's land to depreciate in value or loss of income, you have committed an act of eminent domain, and you must buy them out at fair market value. That's case law, and Doug, I went through this myself. I know the case law on these land cases really, really well, as John McCain and his friends tried to steal my property 13 years ago. So um, when we look at what the real issue is this, the federal government is illegally trespassing and intruding, and they're, they're building mines, they're excavating raw materials that they should have no right to because that belongs to the people, and they're making a gift of a public asset to a private entity, namely Hillary Clinton and friends, and they're preventing uh, lawful commerce on land occupied by ranchers, and those ranchers are owed damages. This is the issue. This is plain and simple the issue. And they're looking for any reason from the federal government's perspective to get ranchers off their land. Ammon Bundy and his, or excuse me, Cliven Bundy and his ranch, he had 52 rancher neighbors five years ago. Today, he has one. One. 51 of these ranchers have been forced out of business. And this is the whole issue. It's so bad with the BLM and what they're doing is in 19 counties in Northern California and Southern Oregon, public officials, I don't mean citizens like Doug and Dave, I mean county commissioners and mayors of small towns, they have formed loosely what they call the state of Jefferson. And if you go to my website in the search engine at thecommonsenseshow.com and put it in the state of Jefferson, you'll go to the articles that I've written about this, and you have people in 19 counties that want out of the state of California and the state of Oregon, respectively, because they can't make a living with what the federal government's doing to them. This is happening all through the West. But if you watch Wolf Blitzer and Fox News and, and all these corporate-owned media outlets, 
they don't tell you why the ranchers are pissed off. They don't, they don't mention anything about this. It's just armed thugs took over a federal building, and they make it seem they want to shoot federal officials, and this is how they portray the whole issue. The, the, most of the American people have never heard the real issue. Now, I'm going to say this, and I mean this in a loving way. I've interviewed Ammon, and I have great respect for him, and we need more Americans like Ammon Bundy. I've interviewed Shauna Cox, who was in the car and witnessed the execution of Lavoy Finicum. And I'm going to say this in a very pejorative way, that they made a mistake in, in taking over a federal building because that gave the government the license to act against them. Had they not done that and they went to private property... And I think really if they'd left their guns, you know, in storage or at home and done the same thing, which was unerect the barriers the BLM was putting up on private land in Oregon, then maybe the real issue could have come out. But the real issue got obscured because the ranchers in Burns, Oregon, actually broke the law. They did. They trespassed on federal property, and they did so when they had guns, and that makes it felony trespass. And, and that's why we have the mess we have. But, Doug, the real story has not been told to the American people. Okay. Go ahead. I, I mean, well, I, I guess my, my question is what I was going to ask you. Do you think that they were um, they were infiltrated and uh, prompted to do that? That's through? what I've been told, yes, okay. uh, more than All once. Right. Uh, but you also have to have the ability to say no. That's I've right. had people try to infiltrate my organization. And I've had mm-hmm. to put my foot down and say no and kick yeah. certain people to the curb. Um, we are ultimately responsible for what we're in charge of. And, um, you know, the one of the things, and I've served as a consultant for various protest movements around the country after we defeated McCain and hung onto our property. And the first thing I tell people is read these excerpts from Gandhi and Martin Luther King. They knew how to protest. And one of the things that you cannot do is is engage in what could appear to be violent behavior. Now, I do not think these ranchers had any intention of being violent. In fact, actually quite the opposite. But when you show up and trespass on federal property and illegally occupy a building while you are armed, you give the federal government the license to couch this in the media any way they want. All right. Let me ask this, because I know a lot of people are asking this question, and I think I know the answer to this, but in the bigger picture... People have asked, well, why is the federal government so obsessed with grabbing more land? Noting that the federal government, folks, they own more than 40% of the land in nine different states inside the United States. I mean, um, Nevada, 84.5%. Alaska, 69.1%. California, 45.3%. The federal government does not need more land, but there's this obsession to grab more so that the dictates, I suppose, what, of Agenda 21, Agenda 2030 can be implemented? Is that what we're looking at? Is that the reason behind this, in addition to the mineral or the uh, the, the uh, resources? Yeah, I. you just nailed it right on the head, and I'm going to get real specific. I wished I had my documentation in front of me. Um, I may have to rerun this tomorrow on the website. Uh, private groups have investigated how much estimated wealth we have beneath the ground. Mm. And the estimate that stands out of my mind was $128 trillion. Okay. Not enough, not even close, coming to pay off the derivatives debt. 
but certainly enough to make our government solvent several times over. But that's not what's happening here. See, we are living under an administration that is dedicated to the demise of the United States, and they're working towards this, and you've covered this ad nauseum on your show, but they're working for the destruction of the United States. And what we're witnessing here is the last great American garage sale. They're coming in and they're trying to steal everything they can get for whatever political purpose will benefit whoever is in charge. Um, Hillary Clinton, case in point, but she's not alone. Um, Native Americans have been having oil and gold and silver and other minerals taken off their property for about oh, 15 years in big numbers, and the BLM won't even look at it. They won't even take up the cases, and these tribal councils have complained. In fact, when I'll tell you one of the reasons they move on to Ammon Bundy when they did. When Ammon was in his interview with me, he told me, because I said, I said, you know, you guys have a lot in common with Native American tribes. Federal government stealing from them, too. And he said, funny you'd say that, Dave, because I've had a lot of Native American tribes reach out to us. They want a partnership. That's why I think the federal government moved against them. Can you imagine if you'd have partnered the ranchers? with Native American tribes, that becomes a lot harder to ignore in the media. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Wow. But by the virtue of the fact we're talking about this, and I want to go back to our core theme, sure. by virtue of the fact that I'm talking about this in defense of these ranchers, yes, I've said what I think they did wrong, but also I'm telling you they were absolutely justified in their outrage and their right to engage in legal protest against the U.S. government because they are having their property, their mineral rights, their commerce is being interfered with illegally by this government. And by the fact that you and I are covering this, Doug, we put ourselves in a great deal of jeopardy today. Yeah. And that was not lost on me based on our exchange yesterday, last night, and the information I got separate separate from you. You know, and I and I ask everyone out there to, to really understand. And, and please, folks, I mean, Dave Hodges is at the tip of the spear. I mean, this... Mr. Hodges went through this personally with his own land and now is taking on the cause, the greater cause, and, and now we uh, as well are joining the fray. But, but, but Dave, can they shut up all of us? Can they take all of us down? I guess they could, right? I think they could take down the ones that matter the most. So I guess we'll find out how important the federal government thinks we are, depending on who disappears. That would be my answer. I think if you've got a blog talk radio show, um, and some shows on blog talk are very well listened to, some have 25 people a night if they're lucky, they're not going to worry about the low end of the spectrum. They don't want the low-hanging fruit. They want the people who have the numbers like yourself. Do you think that, and and I'm going to throw this out there, let's say tomorrow people tune into Global Star, and all of a sudden you're not on. And, and nor nor are we. What do you think? Do you think that people honestly? Is, is there, is, I think I think some people would care greatly, and would pursue this to the ends of the earth. But I think the bulk of the people would be an issue for them for two or three days until the next issue came along, and, and we'd be yeah. postscript. Yeah, I, I was again. I was talking with a with a uh, with a friend of mine inside the Beltway and. Um, essentially, he said the same thing. He said, uh, if you're looking for friends, to quote a song, you're looking for them in all the wrong places. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. And it's not, 
I'd like to think it would be different, but I also am a realist, and I also understand people have, have you know jobs to. I mean, who, who's we saw what happened in, in, in Oregon? How many people came to their defense, or you know, or in Nevada? I mean, Nevada was a little bit different, but still, not enough. Not enough, right? Not enough. Um, what needs to happen is uh, Congress needs to discover their intestinal fortitude, drop articles of impeachment. Obama would no doubt move against Congress, uh, maybe as extremely as he did against Justice Scalia, and then the military would have to come in and right the ship. And hmm. I pray for the day when Obama and his minions are marched out of the White House in handcuffs. Yeah. This is the way... This is the only way to save this republic now. I mean, the, one of the reasons I'm nonviolent is because I know nonviolent protest works and it has lasting power. And we can ultimately affect more change. Secondly, the other side has technology and weaponry and numbers that we in the citizenry can't begin to match. And with surveillance technology reaching a high level, our ability to even emulate the Viet Cong from South Vietnam in that war is even called into question. The only chance, in my estimation, that we're going to see a recapturing, at least in part, of the Republic is with the assistance of the military. Now, the military did try to engage in a coup following Benghazi. They were going, actually during Benghazi, they were going to rescue, and I'm saying they with General Ham and Admiral Gayet had concocted a plan against the orders of Leon Panetta where Ham would provide the Rangers and Guyette would provide the drone technology and some of the air cover. They were both unknown to them, their number two men, their execs, uh, Colonel Rodriguez in one case for General Ham was CIA and they both arrested these commanders. And the rescue mission to get um, Stevens to safety was thwarted. Now, the reason they wanted to um, save Stevens, they knew he was a gun runner, a kid runner. Yes, I mean child sex trafficking. Uh, he, he was cavorting with terrorists, uh, working on behalf of the CIA. But by this time, he knew he was a marked man. In an election year, he had to die because some of these stories were being leaked out. And this administration didn't want this uh, hangover going into the election. And what they thought was going to be a tough election in 2012 and so they set him up to be killed. I mean, he, you know, we know that Stevens asked Hillary Clinton on three occasions to increase his security detail, and she said, we don't have the money. <laughs> yeah, an administration that's put us $19 trillion in debt, we don't have the money to put a platoon of Marines around an ambassador. Uh, but let me explain to you why we don't see a coup today. In 2012, this was a coup of opportunity. And by opportunity, I mean the situation, the circumstances said that we can stop the bleeding in the military and the firing of all our senior command officers if we can rescue Stevens and get him to sing like a canary where he can't be ignored, and this would cause the downfall of the Obama administration. Had this succeeded, we would have a totally different leadership right now, and this would have made Watergate look like recess. <clears throat> but unfortunately, it failed. Well, I asked my military sources, I said, well, just find another issue and do it again. And they said, we can't. 
We have to have a coup of opportunity, and that's what Benghazi was, because the American people are so dumbed down, so ignorant, so apathetic, so engaged in bystander apathy, we can't count on their support, and no revolution, no military coup will ever succeed unless it's a coup of opportunity like Benghazi, unless you have the popular support of the people. And this is why I do what I do. I've turned from trying to win back the system by popular opinion, and that's where I started out when I got into this, to now I'm trying to convince as many people that we can't win, we can't turn back the government using legitimate means, because our entire government and our entire electoral process is illegitimate. And our only hope, our only hope, is that Congress will find some backbone and provide the military with the impetus to act. That's the only hope we have. Otherwise, Obama's taking us down. And I'll just give you one example, Doug. Let's just take Alaska. We used to have F-22 flights going up and down the coastline to watch for the Russians. We did away with those. We could have replaced them with the 16s or the 35s, but we didn't. He has cut the submarine patrols by 90%. He's closed so many military bases in Alaska that the Alaskan government formed a commission to beg the BRAC commission to close his bases to stop. They were wrecking the economy of Alaska. He has compromised so many of the defenses of Alaska. The Russians, and many Russians are already there. There's Russian troop sightings in Ketchikan and Juneau and Fairbanks. They're all over Russia. They're all over Alaska. But they could just march right across uh, the ice bridge. They could come in from the north, from the North Pole, where they have mining operations being done by the military and conquer Alaska in about a half an hour. And then that would open up for the northern invasion in the scissor strategy, because then we'd see Red Dawn coming from the south with 32 Latin American nations that have aligned with Putin. They didn't even invite us to the last meeting of the OAS. They left us in Canada out. Why? Because I think they think they're going to invade us. This is what a traitor Obama is. And we don't have long to effect a change here. And I don't see another way other than a congressional move to impeach. Obama moves against Congress, and the military moves on Obama. And we'll have a civil war. Believe me, the foreign troops that are here will fight with DHS, and they will fight our military. Hmm. It's a hell of an ugly picture. Yeah, uh, yeah, to say the least. Well, let me go back to something that you, let me go back to the original um, aspect of this. Uh, one, one thing I'm, I'm curious about, uh, Dave, if if, um, if one day they would take us, they would take you out, if they would take us out, J.B. Wells out, in terms of uh, under this new re- redefining illegal, you know, um, terrorist uh, uh, characterization. Um, I don't, I don't know how many, but let's just say more than one and less than ten alternative media sources. Um, I mean, well, I, I guess, I guess I'm looking for some ray of hope here. Some, at what point would the American public say, "Wow, this," you know, "there's, there's more than something wrong," and we, you know, we have to go and and, and help them and fight for them is 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 that even a possibility dave i mean no yeah i was no i used to think it was come on man (laughs) i don't any longer because americans would be they'd have to be in a let me put it this way for an average american to act right now against the government 
they would not have food on the table. They couldn't put shoes on their kids' feet. There'd be absolutely no hope for tomorrow. And the average American is living a certainly substantially diminished lifestyle economically than we were 20, 30 years ago, but it hasn't reached that point. Americans aren't hurting enough to act. And we don't act on ideals any longer. Hell, we don't even have any ideals. Most Americans don't even know the Constitution. So my answer is no for that reason. And by the time that we would see the economy be in such a crisis that uh, people couldn't meet their basic needs, uh, the martial law forces will be in place. The FEMA camps will be open for business. I don't see any other way other than there is a move in Congress right now. I, I sense a tone change where they see, yeah, we've been getting fat and happy. We get to do insider training. There's all kinds of corruption in Congress, and it's been good. But whoa, hold on here. This ain't America, and i got to go back and live in this mess, and my kids have to inherit this mess. I'm getting that sense from some congressmen when you see them talking. Um, I'm waiting for them to act collectively, and then I would wait for the military to try to join in and reinforce the edicts of Congress. I don't see any other way, Doug. I mean, this isn't a plan that I yeah. sat around and concocted. I've, I've been looking. I don't like military coups. They usually end very badly for the people. You usually end up with a worse dictator than the one you just overthrew. But in this case, I see no way to unseat Obama and his minions. Even if Obama were to die of natural causes tomorrow, there'll be no shortage of people they can stick in there and carry out the same agenda. This is truly, as I titled the, the show, The Taking of America 123, a reference to the taking of Pelham. I mean, we're being held, uh, the, the people are being held hostage. And we, and I dare say that we're on the front lines of this, and um, meaning the people in the alternative media. I've been told, uh, as you have, Dave, that, uh, you know, our days are numbered. Look what Drudge wrote. Um, when I say our days are numbered, meaning, at least in its in our current um, iteration, we might have to get get really um, get really. I don't know. You know, I look back on key events and saying, when did things really change? Well, I think the false flag event of nine eleven certainly was the catalyst that set a lot of this into motion. But it's what I mentioned earlier in the broadcast in two thousand eight, the Mayak report. That was a declaration of war against average Americans. And we were unsuccessful in the independent media of communicating that to the American people in sufficient numbers is to arouse their anger. You know, one thing, David, and I want to mention this. I don't know how many people really know this, but, you know, it's just not like, for example, the Bundys of the world who are being dealt with like this, like you mentioned. There's a guy by the name of, I don't know how many people know this, a guy by the name of Don Miller. He's 91 years old. He's an antiques collector. He recently had... His Indiana home raided by the FBI, ostensibly because it might be in the nation's best interest, and I'm not making this up, if the rare and valuable antiques and artifacts that Miller had collected over his 80 years of business 
were cared for by the government. Now, can you believe that? Here's a 91-year-old guy gets uh, as a SWAT team bust in uh, to to be, what? Why? Because well, he's an antique dealer. He's got some stuff that might be better in the hands of government. And, and such tactics carried out by anyone other than the government would be considered larceny. I mean, if I did that to my neighbor, eh, you know, I think it would be better in my hands. Of course, you know, the government gets a free pass in this. So it's just not. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's a, a tyrannical takeover everywhere, and people might hear that. And it, you know, Dave, I'm, I'm so sick of people saying, "Oh, this is not going to happen." Or this, well, it's flipping happening, man. It's happening right now. I don't know. Well, I know Steve Quayle made one of the most profound statements when he was on my show last time. He said, "The things that we were writing about that's coming are no mm-hmm. longer coming; they are here." And that's mm. where we're at right now. This is very, very serious. Indeed. Indeed it is. Well, look, brother, I, I don't want to keep you. Um, here we are, you know, to, to, uh, we, we, we got about 10 minutes left of the show, and I, I, know, I, know, I know that you're, you're tremendously busy. What do we need to do? Um, I mean, what, what, is there anything that we need to do? I mean, because I, I, you know what, Dave, I got no intention of stopping. I don't know about you. No, I don't either. Um, boy, I tell you, though, pardon me. My survival instinct tells me to go to a remote location and live the life of a quiet monk, never to be seen of or heard of again. (laughs) And even then, I don't know if you'd be safe. Yeah, um, uh, you'd be as safe as So what do we do? Well, there is a piece of social psychology research out there, and it's been pretty well validated. And it's from a group called SNARK, and they study social trends. And they said, when does a fad become a trend? and a trend become a wildfire obsession. And they said, when you, of any population, achieve a 10% penetration into the market. Right. And we may, I know we have more than 10% of the population listening to the alternative media, you know, on an intermittent and consistent basis, but we don't have committed followers. And people will get their adrenaline high by listening to the dangers then they go back to their life, trying to somehow figure out how they're going to defeat the system and stay ahead of the, the debt collectors. <clears throat> if people don't begin to recognize that Americans are the next endangered species, particularly American Christians, and it's even turning racial, where we're talking white American Christians, right. with the rhetoric that's coming out of Washington, uh, we are going to end up, our heads are going to be on trophy cases all over the country, and I'm speaking metaphorically. But I can't get people to seem to understand. Oh, you're a fear monger, Dave. I've seen this carried out before. In Nazi Germany, if you were a Jew, you went to the camp, and if you helped a Jew, you were providing material support. Does this sound familiar to what we've been talking about? Uh, gee whiz, I think so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so as a consequence, Doug... Um, people have to decide it's time to act. And you don't have to have a radio show or write a column or do anything like that. But you need to educate your neighbors. You there need you to go. store food and water, guns and gold. And you need to get off the grid as much as possible, get your money out of the bank as much as possible. You need to be prepared to live independently. And why do I say that? Because if you don't have food for your kids, you'll be the first SOBs that show up at the FEMA camp. We need people to become yep. independent, spread the word, form alliances, 
and then we need to stop participating in their system as much as possible. Uh, if we started doing that, again, I think the military would decide to act. I talked to former high-ranking military, and Doug, if I could tell you one guy that I talked to privately, he was so high up it would shock you that he would even take the time to talk to me. And I'm telling you to a person, the sources are telling me the same thing. The military wants to act in behalf of the people. They know how the veterans are being treated when they come back. They're being neutralized by this government so they can't defend the people when all hell breaks loose. Yep. But we haven't shown the military anything as a population. We haven't shown them, we'll stand with you, we'll support you. It's crazy. It's That's really what I have to say is, we have met the enemy and he is us. Our exactly. own apathy and our own ignorance is leading to our demise. And I don't know how we can turn this around. Now, tomorrow I'll write another story in a way that will try to reach a segment of the population where they'll say, gee, this does affect me, and I need to jump into this and get involved. And, of course, then I'll get the five, ten emails a day that say, you're a fearmonger, Hodges, and you're so full of crap. Um, you know, that's, on and on it goes. Yeah, it's this it's this cycle, and, and I think people, a lot of that stems from, stems from fear um you know if people are afraid but some of that is uh just plain ignorance and the rest is uh or oh. really good for, you know just it's if i could do if i could wave a magic wand i wish 100 million americans would write congress tomorrow and just say something really simple do you know that you're the brown shirts of america you're giving tacit approval to the overthrow of our way of life our traditions, our culture, everything. You're putting lives in jeopardy. Your kids have to live in this. And oh, by the way, what did Hitler do to his brown shirts? You think you're going to have a seat at the table when this is all over? Think again. If they could receive letters by the millions like this in Congress, I don't know what kind of effect it would have, but I would hope it would have the effect of self-preservation that some people in Congress actually know their history, and they would say, you know what? We better act because we're not going to get another chance. It's it's funny you should say that because I happened to I was uh, turning the channels over the weekend and I stumbled across the 1984 version of the uh, of Red Dawn and it was at the scene where uh, I guess a local politician was cozying up to the invaders and um, you know it, it's it just it, it to, to see that today. Uh, thirty-one or thirty-two years after it was uh, uh, introduced, it, it made me. It, it it just made me ill. You know, I mean, it. it I was nauseous when I saw that, and and thinking how this could play out. And the movie was a, ahead of its time. Very much um, there's there's um, some new series coming out, and I was channel surfing too to see what the enemy was up to. And um, there's a new series coming out on one of the Fox channels. I don't think it's Network Fox, but it's one of the Fox sub-channels. And it's called America, not with a K, but with a reversed R. Yeah. And basically, America's being given away. How prophetic. And the series starts in sometime in mid-March. Yeah. yeah. It's called that predictive ends. programming. They're telling us what's coming. That's it. Let's go back and, and, to the Pelican brief. 
you got people that want to make more money and someone's in the way, well, you just kill two Supreme Court justices by blowing up their cars. Denzel Washington, Julia Roberts, 1993. You got a justice who's in the way of Obama's climate change, which is the main reason he was installed as the president. Well, you just kill him. You somehow get rid of his two federal marshals that were supposed to be with him. Let's stick a pillowcase over his head and make it a message killing. And oh, by the way, we won't tell the public, but I've been able to find this out, Doug, that Obama, that uh, Scalia was actually meeting with members of the military, high-ranking members. Oh, really? You know what okay. I think he was telling them? I'll put a Hodges guess into this. The Hodges right. hypothesis is this, is that the fact that we have shot down Obama's climate change plans, and they are dead for the foreseeable future until after he leaves office, the military might be ready to act because Obama might go into a martial law mode and force it upon us. That's what I think he was telling the military. I think this is why he was killed. And yet the country sails along merrily with a Supreme Court justice, a senior government official that received no autopsy who died under very mysterious circumstances, and we just accept it. Hmm. Well, well Dave, I, I, I don't know if I shared this with you or not, but my source told me to expect one more vacancy of the Supreme Court. Now, that doesn't necessarily, that does not necessarily mean a death, but, but, uh, the, the uh, uh, this person wants to basically make sure that the Supreme Court is stacked, uh, under, o- un- under Obama before he leaves, if he leaves, with a long living, uh, Marxist in, or Marxist and or Islamist in that position, in addition to the Scalia vacancy. Well, we already have the Muslim Brotherhood, um, guys like Patel, who have a long history with involvement with terrorism, who've infiltrated DHS in the White House. Um, Just put in the Muslim Brotherhood and Obama into my search engine on the Common Sense Show. I've written lots of articles about this, Doug. It's all there for people to see. Yeah, and and I just... I, I don't possess any skills... Uh, beyond what anyone else can do as a researcher, it's just I do it. Most people right. don't want to know. And it's amazing what you can find when you when you get off your butt and, and not just sit in front of a computer, but actually go out and investigate, including but not limited to uh, you know archives, other areas as well. And I just want to commend you. Uh, my friend, number one, thank you for coming on tonight and, and really drilling down on the article that you published today, folks, thecommonsenseshow.com. Look at the article dated today, the, the one about the redefining us as, as belligerents, basically, as, you know, here we go. But I also want to commend you on all of the work you've done. Your, your thank website you. is just a tremendous resource and, Dave, your radio show, you know, it's required listening to me, I mean, for me, every day. Well, I I have some great guests, but let let me just share this thought with you. I just thought of this. This is a good closing point. Um, You remember the Kirk Douglas movie, Spartacus, and the Romans, when they had finally subdued this slave army, they hung them on the crosses along the roads all the way up to Rome, and they wanted to know who the real Spartacus was. And uh, here's a litmus test for the American people. You know, Hagman, Hodges, Quayle, et al., J.B. Wells, all of us have our rear ends hanging out there right now. Uh, It would be kind of interesting, and I may write an article about this. I am Spartacus. Everybody needs to publish something somewhere, critical of the government in some fashion. We all need to violate the Patriot Act the way it's being interpreted. 
And that way we can all be Spartacus and we can all stand together. Because as Ben Franklin said before the revolution, we surely will hang together or we'll hang separately. That's a great idea. I, I mean, let's do it, you know. But, hey, like my, you know, my butt's a bigger target than many. But no, I, I, let's just hang our butts out there. Let's just do it. What are they going to do? They're going to arrest everyone? That's kind of my philosophy. I don't think so. Yeah, are they going to do build a fence around the country and call a prison? There you go. Well, it's They'll make an example of a few of us, but they yeah. don't have the resources right now to take everyone down. Everybody needs to publish something this week critical of the government. Send it to a website, put it as a post on a website, sign your name to it, and basically say, to heck with you, federal government. Amen. Yeah, and, and that's, I am Spartacus. I am Spartacus. And, and uh, you know, by the way, here's my name, too. It would be helpful if you have your name. Or, or at least, well, I mean, why not? Because we are all in this together. Dave, I gotta thank you, buddy. I mean, I know that you came on at the last minute, but because, but I just thought it was so important after, after our dialogue last night that, that man, this is like really critical. And I just wanna, just, I can't. Well, I, I can't appreciate the invitation enough. and I'd be happy to come on anytime, Doug. God bless you, my friend. You take care of yourself. Okay. And we're gonna be watching and praying for you. All right. Folks, pray for uh, Dave Hodges. Please pray for Dave Hodges, his safety. Pray for our safety as well. Uh, and, and, you know, support. Uh, so, hey, support Dave Hodges. Support us. Support the, or if you like, uh, J.B. Wells, join uh, Caravan at Midnight. Um, or insert a favorite program here. Just support whoever. But pray. But pray. Okay. Be, and, and saddle for battle. Because it's going to get bumpy out there. It's already bumpy, but it's going to get a lot bumpy. So we need to saddle for battle. We need to understand that we are not alone in this. We are, we are fighting from a position of victory. We already know how this ends, right? We, we, we do. We do have the moral high ground. We have all of that. And we have, well, we better know if God is on our side. We say we're on God's side, but is God on our side? And that's one thing that we we better have um, understood. But you know what? It wouldn't help uh, to, to say to, to say prayers of protection and intercessions over Steve Quayle and others who have their necks some a lot further than others on the line. And um, that's it, really. On behalf of, of, of on behalf of Joe and. Eric the Tech and JD of Neptune Diaries, Rhonda and Joe Charles and everyone here. Stay safe. May God bless each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being a part of our lives. Good night. This is the Global Star Radio Network. <laughs>